I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Okay, let's go smoke that joint. What up, what up? What's up, everyone? What's going on, everybody? We made it. 2020 season's officially over. We're getting into the playoffs, but we can't leave without having our award show. This is the first annual Hustler Awards, and it is going to go down every year. It is going down. I got a couple homies in here. Uh, Brian, why don't you tell everybody where to find you at? Uh, you know, mostly I stay on on the Twitterverse. Uh, I didn't realize there's a whole Twitterverse out there, um, but it's uh, pretty much just uh, Brian Turner nineteen eighty nine is my personal handle. Uh, Brian Turner football guy is like my fantasy handle. Um, pretty much I stay on there, kind of read up on all the off season and all the during season, kinda all the uh, what's what's going on and stuff. So that's pretty much where I stay. All right, and then we got special guest here, my man, Corey, someone who I've known for a few months now, kind of back towards the beginning of the season, just uh, someone who is the man in the fantasy community, not necessarily a fantasy you know, expert or whatever, but someone who I respect a lot because he's doing what I used to do a lot in a group that is now up to 18,000 members, taking questions and answers from everybody, and uh, super stoked to have you on, bro. No, yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, Alex. It's been a long process trying to get me on here it's been a few months i was trying to get on here but yeah you guys can find me i'm also on instagram just personal handles just at asap.cory two y's for Corey. and then i'm in i'm in the facebook group with alex too the fantasy i don't know the official name but just the fantasy football for gurus experts and beginners like if you guys want to hit me up any fantasy questions down the line next season or whatever dynasty leaks i got you guys there we go. Yeah. So if you're not in the group right now, it is fantasy football advice for experts, gurus, and beginners. And it took me a long time to remember like that in that exact order to where <laughs> it's just natural. I'm going to throw this link in the in the chat right now for everybody because we are growing. We're up to almost 18,000 members now. It, it is growing uh, all the time. And before we get into everything, one thing that I'm excited uh, excited to announce right now, uh, our channel is doing a raffle for a PlayStation 5. I'm super excited. We already got it in stock. I, I was able to secure one last week and pick it up. Uh, it, it's behind the, the green screen here. It's just huge, so I'm not going to put it up here. But yeah, we're doing raffle tickets for $20. We're probably going to sell around 100 raffle tickets or so, so I don't want to make it to where it's like, impossible to win but yeah that's something i'm super excited about just uh shoot me a dm on facebook twitter 
Instagram at FF Hustler 420. I'm gonna throw my my link in here where you can pretty much find me everywhere on the internet. But yeah, you guys want to support the channel and then at the same time get a chance to win a PlayStation 5 brand new in the box, never used. Um, hit me up because uh, it's going to be going all month. I'm going to be doing the raffle at the end of the month sometime. I don't know the exact date yet. All right, let's see who's up in here right now. Antonio, he's up in the building repping the 420 crew. What up, Antonio? He was listening last time I was on. Uh, and Antonio is always here. He he's the man. He uh, he's the man. He is, he's always here and ready to smoke. And my man Trent, what up, bro? So I met Trent a little bit earlier today, and he's repping the fantasy dudes. That's what's up. So yeah, go give them a follow. I know they're more of a podcast. I don't think they're on YouTube just yet. But uh, the fantasy fantasy football dudes, go check them out where you can get your podcasts. And Ruben up in the building. Another member of the 420 crew. He said, thanks so much for the grind. Hell yeah, bro. Appreciate you for always being here on the live streams. And my man, Steven, he is always, Steven is always here supporting, throwing in super chats. He's on every live stream. So yeah, Steven, you are the man. And he said, bro, I just want to thank you for helping me win two championships. You are the man and I'm here to stay. Hell yeah, bro. Appreciate it. Oh, appreciate the support, Steven. There's so many times I would start the live stream and a super chat donation would come in from Steven. That just gets me pumped, you know, for the whole show. So I appreciate that. Let's see. Who else is up in here? Got one more up in here. Will, what up? What up? What is going down, bro? All right. So this, I mean, we're not taking questions and answers, obviously, but we do like input from everybody. So we're going to be um, in a couple minutes, we're going to be starting off, you know, reading off our awards. I believe we have 19 or 20 that we're going to be doing. So we're going to be here for, you know, hour and a half, maybe two hours or so. Uh, before we get into all that, throw some chats in there. I want to know who won a Hustler title this year. Throw it in the chat. And I'm going to kick it to Corey first. Give a little synopsis on the 2020 season, good, bad, the ugly. You know, just uh, what was your take on the 2020 season just in general? I mean, honestly, for the most part, the first round, you're talking guys like Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. For the most part, most of them showed up. I mean, if it wasn't – there wasn't in terms of running backs, like they're always those top ones, but there weren't really really true busts. It was mostly just hindered by injuries, like a lot of injuries this year. You got McCaffrey. You got like Kenny Galladay was one of my guys that I lost. He was just so inconsistent, like – most of the guys who expected a ball out balled out if it wasn't for an injury. So I wouldn't say like if anything, it wasn't not that surprising. I mean, injuries were definitely a big thing, but in terms of production, if they're on the field, you got what you got, especially if you had McCaffrey for those two weeks. For sure. For sure. <coughs> Adam Schefter, he said that week two, that was like the most injuries and like big time injuries that he's ever seen in his life happen in one day. So that that just shows you like how the how the 2020 season kind of started off on the shitty. I mean, CMC went down week two. At least it was at the end of it. He got to play. Barkley went down week two. That was tough. That was tough. <coughs> Brian, 
Minus the injuries, what what, do you, what what's your synopsis on the 2020 season? You know, even though it was like crazy with all the COVID and stuff, it was still pretty much just like every other season that you have. You know, you, lots of injuries, obviously, but, you know, you had to come from behind wins. You had the teams that just dominated. You had the teams that sucked. You know, it, it's pretty normal. You know, um, you had your big time players coming back. Some, you know, careers might be over in the next, you know, few months, and we'll see about that. So, you know, pretty much just standard business. You know, it, it was great season. You know, um, you saw some some epic games. You saw some dudders. You know, it's pretty pretty standard. You know, I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. You know what I mean? Um, last second wins, last second losses. Um, it's everything you could ever imagine and want in a football season. You know. Yeah. The one thing that I like, I, I like the new playoff format. Um, how it's seven teams instead of six, and then there's only one bye week team instead of two. Like that, that just made it uh, way more, way more fun. There's going to be six games that are happening this weekend instead of four, and only one team. Like now, you really had to work to get that by, and right. uh, super valuable now, more valuable than ever. I would say my synopsis on the year is: it is a quarterback-driven league. There are so many damn weeks that if you play in a one-quarterback league. I mean, there's so much money just like on the bench or on free agent waiver wire that's just getting wasted. I think everybody needs to make a point of next season when you're getting in leagues, do super flex leagues or two QB leagues. Like one QB leagues need to be like out the window uh, unless, it, you know, it's like a 16 team league or something like that. We're, we're just seeing nothing but passing out there. And maybe it was because guys like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley and stuff went down, but. I don't know. It seems like every year it just becomes more of a pass-heavy league than the year before with pretty much every team in the league. It doesn't even matter. No, definitely. I, I agree with that 100%, Alex. I mean, guys like – I mean, I, I play in a 12-team league. Actually, this year I played 14-team league. But you had guys like Kirk Cousins. And I know Carson Wentz was a stinker for most of the part. But until he got benched for Wentz, like he wasn't a terrible fantasy option. Like he was still top 20, top 25, you know. Like in a 2QB league, he's – a tremendous asset. I keep thinking about that trade you made with that one guy you trade raped, man. You were like, all right, give me Chris Godwin. I'll give you Dwayne Haskins and Zach Pascal. Like <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, like you, he's a valuable asset. So like you said, passing league, like all these quarterbacks are just insane. Like, especially Herbert too. Like we'll get into the rookies later, but yeah, that was just quarterbacks are hundred percent. Man, you can tell the bad ones really will screw you up. You know what I mean? You get a bad performance from one of your QBs, like one of those Cam Newton nine-point games or whatever that he did, you know, and fuck, you ain't going to win that game. You know what I mean? Like, so. Cam uh, Newton definitely was like, he tricked us. Like, the first couple games, like, I think about that Seattle game where he was amazing, and then he looked great. Just like, after he got injured or he got COVID, I think, where he sat out against the Chiefs, he just fell off after that, so. It's just craziest. Look at, we'll talk about the Bills and Patriots later, but that last game too was just an embarrassment. It was like those two rushing touchdowns. You know, I'm pretty sure it was that game, that two rushing touchdown. Maybe he had a passing touchdown, and everybody thought that he was going to be the shit. And man, I think everybody reminded us why Tom Brady was okay leaving the Patriots. Like they fucking have no weapons out there, like right. at all. <laughs> and they're even worse this year than they were last year when it comes to weapons, because at least Edelman played most of last year, you know, but like three games this year. Yeah. And then you talk about like their defense, like missing like half of their players, like due to sitting out for COVID. Like, 
I don't know. I bet the morale, like you hear Tom Brady talk about how it's not fun to be a New England Patriot. Like you're coming to work. You know, it's never like fun. And he was excited to go to Tampa Bay where he said he was like having fun. It had to be like the worst type of like mental grind if to, to play on the New England Patriots. Like they're already strict as hell. And like now you're talking about COVID. Like, I don't know. I just see Belichick like just being like totally hated by his entire team right now. Especially if you're not winning, you know, like if you're not going to win, you know, being strict and playing everything like by the book and being, you know, like regimented. No one likes that if you're losing. You know what I mean? That only works when you're like the best team for 20 years, you know? That's why I'm surprised they signed Cam Newton, or at least Cam Newton was like able to get a job there because Bill Belichick's the strictest person. And you can honestly put Cam Newton in like one of the top five most like, like laid back. Like he's not a grinder. He's never been a grinder. It feels like in Carolina, like he was always getting in trouble or he was always just like inconsistent where Belichick would be the first guy to kick somebody out for that. But it seemed like he was desperate because he knew Jared Stidham was nothing. Yeah, Jared Stidham was terrible. Is terrible. He would have been smarter to go after someone like Jameis Winston. I mean, I know that he hates like interceptions, and that's probably like the thing that he wants to like destroy anybody if they create a turnover. But I mean, what what do you guys think? Like, who would have been better for like the New England Patriots? Like, I think Jameis Winston would have been the better pick, and I think they both cost around the same amount of money. Like, neither one of them were big contract guys. I'll take Cam all day over Jameis. I can't handle the turnovers. You know, um, Cam, if you give him anyone, I'm assuming he would be a lot better. I feel like if he wasn't, if they went with Jared Stidham, they might have won like two or three games the whole year. You know, I know they didn't win very many with Cam, you know, but when Jacoby Myers is your best offensive weapon, you know, that's not a good, uh, it's not a good sign. You know, it's going to be hard to win. Yeah. Personally, that's what I and think. Yeah. Antonio says Winston. What what do you think, Corey, between the two? I mean, honestly, I'd kind of I kind of lean Cam Newton just because I like I take the rushing ability because if you'd say like I'd say Winston's definitely a better passer, but I think Winston's legs just put it over the top for him. And plus you do get no turnovers like Brian said. So I would take Newton, but it it's it's definitely a little bit close. But either way, you're not I don't think they would have made the playoffs with either quarterback. So I think they They'd be in the same place they were no matter who they had. Maybe a little bit worse with Winston, but I don't think either or they definitely wouldn't have put them in contention with division title, especially with Miami's improvements too. Right. I think Bill Belichick took Miami for granted. I mean, you know, that's what I kind of think because, I mean, with the set, I, I think that he thought they could have snuck in as one of the, you know, wild cards there. And Miami totally fucked that up because Miami was the shit this year. I, I'm – you know that they're pissed, like watching, like you know, Washington make it and watching the Bears make it with their records. But AFC was tough this year. I mean, I know it's been the talk of NBA like for years, where oh, uh, the East is always worse than the West, so should it be the top sixteen teams? But should the NFL go about that too, where it's like no matter what conference you're in, do you just take the top fourteen teams, or you have you have to go, you have to go seven East, uh, seven AFC, seven NFC? Like, what do you guys think about that? I like the divisions. I like rivalries. I read a tweet recently that says like nobody cares about the rivalries and like I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. Like I love watching Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I love watching even when they're shitty, 
like watching Dallas and Washington is fun because if they're both shitty, it's still a good game. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, I personally, no I like, is, yeah, no matter how bad the team is, like the team will come to play if they're playing their rival 100%. Right. right. Yeah, even well, in Chicago, Green Bay, that's like a great game, even when most of the time Chicago's not very good. You know, yeah, I mean, Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, those are good games. Everybody yep. will come to play unless you're Doug Peterson. You're not going to come to play. <laughs> I, I think uh, – well, and I'll get back to the divisions, but I think them pulling Hurts uh, just means that Carson Wentz is out the door. Oh, 100%. Uh, that's what I think. Like they, they know what they got in him. They didn't need to see him for the last half of football. They wanted to see what they have in their future backup. So I think that Hurts getting pulled just means that Wentz is like already out the door. It'll be interesting to see where he goes in the offseason because there's some big landing spots where he could go where he could probably be pretty legit. San Francisco, Indianapolis. Um, you Shit, know, I'm sure he'd be pretty legit in those two spots. You know, Maybe even the Patriots. Who the hell knows? I right. Mean, that, would be, that would be a good one. So there's some landing spots out there for him, I think, that are pretty mm – -hmm. even though I don't think he's the greatest, but you know, he's definitely able to uh, to get a chance to start somewhere for sure. Yeah, and I like the divisions. I mean, I think that – I mean, basketball, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of a point there. Um, but I don't know. With football, I think the way that it is and the way they expanded it to seven teams, I mean, I don't know if it's perfect necessarily. I mean, NFC isn't always super garbage. You know, I mean, they – it just seems like they're either the best division or the worst division. It's super weird, like, how it fucking works in the NFC East. But, um, I mean, this is probably the first time that – we've ever seen a team with, you know, an under 500 record. I don't know. The NFC just as a whole, they had a lot of injuries. Like I think that, I mean, San Francisco, their entire team freaking got injured by like week four. So I think things like that probably made it to where maybe it's a topic of conversation, but I don't know. I, I think the divisions that that's the way to stay. And the seven teams per division in the playoffs, like that seems way better to me than six. I think so. And, and you know, it's um, – never mind. I can't – never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, going, off of, going off of the expansion, it makes fantasy better because if we had two – two, the top two seats getting buys in the conference, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing on week 16 because he's already locked up that buy. So now you have your studs for one extra week. And then yeah. you have teams like the Bears, let's say, like if you had Allen Robinson or whatever. Allen Robinson – they they have something to play for for the to make it into the playoffs. So it's just extra motivation for those players that are just going to show out in your lineups. So right, it's one more we week you have those guys. We love that, and uh, I've never played in fantasy playoff leagues where it's like through the NFL playoffs. But because the player pool was bigger this year, I decided to start it. So I ended up starting a bunch of leagues. I'm curious to see how they end up shaping out, but. Before only having four games like each week, like I, I don't know, that just it doesn't seem like doesn't seem like it's going to be much fun because there's not that many players, and we got a bunch of uh, twelve team leagues filled up. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm one of those. And Antonio said, "Can we make our dynasty league a super draft?" Hell yeah, bro! I do not start any leagues that are like one QB leagues. I hate it. There's too much. There's too many good quarterbacks to play in a one QB league. So, yeah, we're definitely uh, starting our, our Dynasty League up soon, and it will be super flex. And Samuel asked earlier if I needed a cough drop. No, I'm good. Just need a drink of water. 
Uh, let's see. Reminder, Dak Prescott had more receiving touchdowns than Michael Thomas this past year, despite playing fewer games. That's a great stat. <laughs> <laughs> and Dean Nice says, where's the money at this weekend, boys? Man, it is tough. Um, I haven't cool. looked at the lines. I, I, I have I'm going to check them out. Yeah, let, let's pull those up because I'm kind of curious. Joe No, what up, bro? Says, what do you guys think will happen with Wentz? I think that he is out of Philadelphia. This question was left a couple minutes ago when we were talking about him. I think he's out. I think Corey agreed with me. Uh, Brian, what do you think? You think Wentz is uh, out of Philly next year? I, I can't imagine them keeping him. You know, why would you take on that huge salary for somebody who you might not believe is the dude when you think the other guy is the dude? Um, it really becomes – it doesn't even become like a, a matter of if you think he can play or not. It's like, do you think the other guy is going to eat into his time? Well, then you shouldn't be paying him all that money. Um, if you have two good quarterbacks, that means you don't have one good quarterback. Um, I, I just think he's mad. They clearly are trying to move on without him. Um, there's going to be somebody willing to take on the contract because he's going for like what the standard – you know starting quarterback goes for. And so, you know, I still think he's better than people like Jimmy G. I think he's better than than Mitch Trubisky, you know, and they're getting starting reps. You know, one of them's getting starting reps in the playoffs. One of them last year started a, a Super Bowl game, you know, so there's <laughs> opportunities that, you know, Indianapolis, we don't know what's going to happen with, uh, with, with old man Rivers, you know. Um, so if you give him a great offensive line, you know, he could be pretty good probably. So, um, do I think he's, you know, the greatest quarterback ever? No. Do I think he deserves a chance to start somewhere? I, I do. Yeah. I, I don't think he's a complete bust or anything. I mean, Philly, they're just – they're pretty bad. I mean, it takes Hurts running it 15 times a game to be able to, uh, you know, do anything with that team. So, I mean, that's a lot to ask from anyone. Right. Oh, we got uh, – and uh, Trent J said, I like crabs more than Jameis. I, I don't know about that, man. I don't know. How much uh, – how, mu how many crab legs have you stolen in your life? <laughs> and Jono said, Winston, for sure. He got the LASIK surgery in the offseason. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I will say, though, like, we all thought Winston was going to start for Drew once he popped his lung and stuff. I think it's, like, really telling that they weren't even willing to give him – a start over, over uh, Taysom Hill, and, and like Taysom Hill played well and stuff. But again, like, do we think Taysom Hill? You know, if we had asked that question two months ago, do we think Taysom Hill is a better player than Jameis Winston? Everyone would have said no. But then he goes in there. They don't even give Jameis a chance to start. And there was like ten passes that he threw in that one half. He looked horrendous. I think Winston's two thumbs down, in my opinion. Um, I just saw Ruben's comment. You think the Saints are going to stay with Taysom? I think I think they're going to give him a shot at least for next year. Because what Brian said about how they went, they didn't go to Winston. They went to Taysom. I think the reason why they went to Taysom Hill was because they've already seen what Winston had in Tampa Bay. Taysom Hill's never gotten that shot as the number one quarterback. So they they this Drew Brees injury gave him a chance to see what they have in him, and they I mean. He wasn't terrible. I mean, he would, he definitely played better in the last couple of games than he did the first couple of games. But I think they at least give him a shot for next season. What do you guys think? I mean, I just, I don't think they trust Winston enough. They've already seen what he is in Tampa Bay. I, I just don't think Winston's ever going to get another starting shot anywhere, in my opinion. Here's, here's, why I, 
Here's why I think everything played out the way that it did. Can you guys tell me how much Taysom Hill makes per year without looking at Google? It's like maybe like, he got like a he got like twelve million a year or something like that. He got like a three million con three three year contract for like twelve a year or something like that. Do you remember like, how much Jameis got paid? It was like no. two or something, right? Like one million. So if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season if Drew Brees went down, who would be the first guy up? I would say Taysom Hill because you got to follow the money. Like they didn't give him all this money not to give him a shot if it came about. Right. Will he be the starter next year? I have no idea because I don't know what is uh, if this is the last year on his contract or not. But uh, I feel like the way that it happened with Teddy Bridgewater last year going five and zero. I think that they were just confident enough to know that if Drew Brees went down for a couple games, that they're smart enough to uh, get get a few wins. And that's why Winston's not the answer because really in all these situations, the only thing you cannot do is turn the ball over three times a game, and he will literally turn the ball over three times in a game. Um how many pick sixes did he throw last year? Like eight or nine? Like something fucking crazy like that? That's so many points that he gave up, like to the opposing team, like <laughs> making his defense just look like shit on paper. <laughs> right. And, and again, like, you know, Tom Brady had a great year, but really he threw what, 10 more touchdown passes than Jameis, but he threw 25 or something like that, less interceptions. That's yeah. more than one a game. That's just ridiculous. It's, you know, literally he's throwing the ball away three times a game. You know, that's just ridiculous in my opinion. David, what up, bro? Another one of the another one of the members of the 420 crew in the building. And we're going to get into our awards here in a couple minutes. We got a lot of comments in here now, so I just like interacting. Oh, and Antonio. We were, we were talking about the Patriots earlier. He said they should have picked up Mike Smith and they would have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. And let's see. Who else? Antonio said Wentz maybe to Washington. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who Washington's quarterback will be next year. I mean, it's definitely not Kyle Allen. Maybe they keep Alex Smith for next year. Just another transition year just build up their young guys chase young another year under his belt you know just that team is nice they could they could be like the giants of like 2007 or whatever like because i mean their defense is what is like winning them pretty much every single game the giants they had probably one of the best front fours in history those times when they beat the patriots right now washington has four first round draft picks as their front four like it's it's pretty insane good ones not like you know bust first round draft picks either like no like, sweat is good chase young is good deron Payne is good can't remember the other guy but he was a first round pick and we know right. he was. Is it <laughs> or is he considered a linebacker he's a linebacker i think there's someone else who's a d tackle i think um yeah i'm not We're sure betting lines for next week i forgot who mentioned it in the comments but Oh yeah, Tampa Bay is an eight and a half favorite. I mean, I know Tom Brady's a goat, and I know Tom Brady is, you know, like amazing in the playoffs. But I mean, you're giving Washington if Tampa Bay wins by a touchdown, you still got that bet. So if you're if you take Washington and the points, like that's that's something to think about. I mean, I know Tom Brady was amazing the last four games, but you got to remember it was against the Falcons, 
it was against the Lions, and I forget who the last game was. It the Vikings. I'm not. I think yeah, but he wasn't playing like amazing defenses. So I'm not saying those numbers were like fraud or anything, but Washington might keep it closer than we than we think. I still like Tampa Bay outright, but that's and, something to think about. And Tampa Bay, they're they're not going to have Devin White, so literally going to be down one of their best defensive players as well. So that's got to just mean good things for the Washington offense. And Tampa Bay's defense, I mean, it, it was very good at the beginning of the year, but it started to tail off at the end of the year. And Alex Smith, he's getting more comfortable, you know, like it, it could be, it could be a single possession game. Like, like I said, Tampa Bay by a touchdown, you still got that bet. So Eight I, mean, and I don't like to bet on playoff games. Just kind of know it's a different game, the regular season, but something to think about it for the betters out there, at least. Yeah. Eight and a half is a large point spread for a playoff game. Um, uh, you know, even with the record disparity like that, um, that's a big one. I know they played earlier in the season, right? Do we know? Do we remember like the results of the Washington Tampa Bay game earlier in the season? Just whoop on them. It might have been early in the season where they just beat the shit out of them. Uh, they didn't play. They didn't play. The Buccaneers only played the Giants out of the East. And remember okay. that Monday night game? Like, the Giants were a two-point conversion away from sending it. To right, it was pretty close. So, yeah. well, we'll see. I got you know, Alex Smith is just not. I've never been a believer of Alex Smith. He won't lose you a game per se, but like he's never gonna like win you games. I like, I like Alex Smith because he's a San Diego native, and it's crazy. <laughs> Him and Reggie Bush played on the same high school team at the same time. <laughs> they were like. They were destroying fools. <laughs> I, can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. And let's see. Oh, uh, so here Ruben has a question. I think the Falcons have the fourth or fifth pick, something like that. Are they picking a QB? And uh, also, are they trading Julio? I think they're going to ride Julio all the way. What do you guys think about Julio and uh, and their first pick potentially? Well, I don't think Matt Ryan is the problem. I don't think that like getting a good new shiny young quarterback is going to make the Atlanta Falcons like win 12 games in a season. Um, you know, they need running back. They need defensive linemen. They need linebackers, cornerbacks, DBs, just, you know, 11 new defensive starters, I think is what they need before they, you know, besides their D tackle Grady, like I can't, you know, they don't have that many standout defensive players, they don't even have that many standout offensive players. They have Calvin Ridley, they have Matt Ryan, and they have Julio. Um, again, I don't think Matt Ryan's the issue. I think they very well could get a quarterback because when you're on a new fran, we have a new franchise who's uh, building new, you know, wants to change. You know, how you change is by getting a new quarterback. But I wouldn't go that route personally. I'm with you, Brian. Like I don't think Matt Ryan's the problem. I mean. I definitely don't think he's definitely past his prime. Like he's never taken you back to the Super Bowl, but I don't think at four or five, I don't think there's any guy there that I think is going to take you to the Super Bowl either, you know? So you might as well go with the proven guy, Matt Ryan. And like you said, just get better at positions that you need as well. Like they do, they need a quarterback. Could they improve? Yes. But I don't think there's any better options out there. And plus you have to remember Matt Ryan's price tag too. Like who's going to take on that contract anyway. So that's something to think about, too, the money situation. Yeah, he's 35. I mean, probably when it gets closer to the end of his contract, like maybe I don't even – he might have like two years left. I, I don't know exactly. But, yeah, I don't know if they're going to 
you definitely got to believe that someone is going to take over for Ryan if you're going to draft him. And I, I don't know. I, I think they'd be smart to probably go after a wide receiver, another, another skill position. Their defense is getting better. I mean, they, they do have some young stars, like on that defense. Like, they started off slow, but uh, A.J. Terrell, their corner, I mean, he, he's been coming on. Um, Foy Olakun and Deion Jones in the middle, I mean, those guys are savages. Like Deion uh, Jones is pretty good. But their front, line, pretty good. their front line isn't that good. That's where. No pass rushers. Yeah, that's where a lot of their fails are coming from. Yeah. Jono said, do you think Mariota will ever start again? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I, I just – he's not that accurate, and it just seems like he's more of like the gadget, you know, type QB that people would label him because he seems like more of a running QB. Um, when he was in Tennessee, he made guys like Corey Davis suck, and like, you know, his tight ends were bosses, you know, and then the one game he comes in, doesn't throw to the wide receivers, like throws it to Darren Waller like a million times. Like, I, I don't know. I don't see him being any more than a backup, like maybe journeyman at this point. I would agree. He just doesn't throw it that great, you know? He's just not that good at throwing the ball. And I just, I don't know. He deserves a backup job. He's good enough to be a backup somewhere. But – you know, like if people are talking like Cam Newton is done, which a lot of people say, I'm not giving. I would never. I wouldn't even. You know, sniff Mariota's direction if that was like the case. You know, if you know, I don't know. I'm a Cam guy. I love Cam. You know, so I don't know if people are talking shit on Cam like he's done and he's in and he's over with. Um, you're gonna give Marcus Mariota like chances to start? Like I don't see it personally. Yeah. And let's see. What do you think about this, Corey? Ruben said Cam Newton to Washington with the comeback for with Rivera. Um, I don't think there's a chance. I mean, because Kyle Allen got signed before Cam Newton. So if Rivera really wanted Cam Newton, he could have already had him. And plus, I just feel like Cam Newton, I feel like he would rather have – Cam Newton's 100% better than Kyle Allen. But I'd rather have Kyle Allen as my backup because I feel like Cam Newton's one of those guys where it's like – he kind of has a big ego, and I feel like he wouldn't take a backup role. Like, he would take it because it's just money, but I feel like he would just cause more problems being a backup, in my opinion. He's a locker room problem when he's not a starter, is how I'd say it. Right. And again, like, his mentality is he's going to try and start. I don't know if he's going to go anywhere where he's going to be the clear cut backup. He's like, right. no, like, I'm going here because I think I'm going to whoop on Mitch Trubisky, you know? <laughs> That's why the Bears didn't sign him in the first place. You know, because they were like, we don't want, you know, anything to go on with that kind of stuff. You know, we'd rather take Nick Foles, who we hope he can, Mitch Trubisky can beat him out. No one's ever going to like, be like, I think Mitch Trubisky can beat out Cam Newton. I don't think that's ever come across anyone's lips ever. Well, I guess with Cam, it's like, he's super, super talented, you know, to where like, he does things that nobody else can do. You can't really teach someone how to do the things that he does and how to just be a ginormous human being and run over people. Just a badass, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I don't know, like it seems for like a backup QB, if you're going to go with a veteran, it's got to be someone who can teach the starter something too. Like, at least that's my thoughts on it a little bit. That's a good take actually. He's like, he's never going to be able to teach anyone to be like a physical monster like he is, you know? He's like, yeah, "Yeah, when you can't read it, you know, you just 
fucking run five yards and no one can tackle you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and like Corey said, he's not really like a grinder, you know, not someone who seems like, you know, he's a, uh, he relies on his talent a little bit. I'm sure he puts in a lot of work, you know, but I don't know. It just, that's what it seems like to me. Who the hell knows? Antonio said, what do you think that the, uh, the trash jets do with the two pick? What they should do, they should trade it for multiple, multiple picks. What they're probably going to do because they're the Jets is not, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback, but they're just going to draft a good player, you know, like a top player. But I think they could definitely get a bunch of picks and then move down to like, if someone like Atlanta or someone like Carolina, I mean, Carolina is Bridgewater, but you never know. But someone like that who's willing to move up number two and drop down to six or seven, like I would take five picks and give them, and I'll give you the number two pick. That's what they should do. And I get first rounders for the number two overall pick. You can get a your trade for the first rounder this year, and you can get a first rounder next year. Easy, because that's the going rate for a quarterback stud who you who you want. Either the stud quarterback or the stud pass rusher. You know they're worth two or three first round picks if you know you believe they are. Um, you and know, I know that's the price. Yeah, that's the price to move up. And I know that, like, you know, there's no RG3 or, you know, Mitch Trubisky who, like, ended up probably being one of the worst second uh, picks ever because of who got drafted after him. But I don't know. Though, I mean, Bears gave up a lot to get the number two pick. And I, I was just moving up one spot. <laughs> and, like, think about how much they got um, uh, Washington uh, paid for, like, RG3, like, back in the day. Like, I swear they gave up, like, three first round picks like three years in a row plus like multiple second picks or something crazy. But uh, I don't know that they should be looking for a price like that somehow, some way, man, RG three, like rookie year. Amazing. Like if he doesn't, what I don't know if he tore his ACL or something in that, in that wild card game against the Seahawks. Like, it could be talking differently. Yeah. Talking differently about him. Just ever since that injury, he hasn't been the same ACL and MCL on the same play. Yeah. Right. Again, he was one of those guys who, you know, he was just like faster than everyone else at the time. I just have that image in my head where he just like took off, maybe against Minnesota or something like that, did like an 80 yard run. And he just was so fast, you know? And that was like the stamp on his like MVP or his rookie MVP year. And he was just like, I just remember watching him being like, damn, this fool is ridiculously fast. You know what I mean? Just fucking passing everyone. So. Yeah. What up, Donovan? Said, what up? Go Browns. <laughs> What's going to happen to OBJ? I did not like him in Cleveland. He went to Cleveland to like, I don't know. He got treated in Cleveland like Randy Moss got treated in the Raiders. Like it's just a move that did not make sense. That just was like a waste of two years of his career. <laughs> I have no idea where he's going to go. He's not going to play for the Browns next year, but I have no idea where he's going to go. Uh, I don't know. I think his best years are for sure behind him. I definitely think that. Um, I don't know why the Browns don't. I don't know. They just are a run first team. Why would you ever bring in somebody like like him unless you're just going to run it like 80 percent of the time and then just use him as like just your go guy, you know, um, which he's still effective at. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Flavis from Norway. What up, bro? Said MT bounce back in 2021. I mean, it all depends on who the quarterback is, and I don't think it's going to be Drew Brees. So, I mean, even if Taysom Hill was the QB, 
I mean, your whole philosophy should be to throw it to Michael Thomas like 10 to 15 times a game and you should be okay. You know, talent, I'm for sure going to buy his talent next year. Um, you know, I don't think he was just like a bum this year. I think he probably was hurt most of the time and then kind of was frustrated. He just never really got going. Um, I, I, I would buy back, you know, um, for the talent alone, especially the price is probably going to be a lot cheaper than you would expect to pay, you know. Um, you know, he was the number one, number two wide receiver taken off the board the last two or three years. He's not going to cost you that much next year. He's not going to cost you nearly as much, personally, I don't think. Not a fifth or sixth, you know, overall pick. David said Cam's wardrobe alone put him out of the backup QB conversation. Hey, man, you're a star. <laughs> you draws too much attention for the, to be a backup quarterback. Yep. There you go. Bottom line, Cam has way too much talent and way too much style to be anyone who's backup anything. <laughs> there we go. And Antonio said, first year won, uh, won me fantasy was RG3. The yeah, RG3. <laughs> All right. This will be the last question. Then we'll get start getting into the uh, start getting into the uh, awards here. Who's everybody's pick for the Super Bowl match? I, I'm gonna I, I'm just gonna go with the, the people that everybody probably thinks it's gonna be. And I'm gonna say the Chiefs and the Packers, because both of those teams' offenses are so damn good that I don't see anybody stopping them. Man, I'm gonna go next. You go, Brian. Go, Brian. I got, I got the Chiefs. They're clearly probably the best team in the league. Um, and then I had them in the very beginning of the year, and I'm gonna stick with it. I had the Chiefs defeating the Saints in the Super Bowl, so that's what I'm, I'm gonna roll with. Man, you guys are all wrong. <laughs> it, it's gonna be Green Bay, and it's gonna be Buffalo, man. Like Love Buffalo. the Bills, the Bills are the hottest team going in the playoffs right now. Like. They've won like their last three or four games by twenty plus points. Like they're hot right now. Like I know Patrick Mahomes is like best quarterback in the NFL, like great in the playoffs, but it's Buffalo for me. Buffalo and Green Bay. And then I'll I'll take Buffalo to win it all too. I'll double down on it too. So Buffalo's legit. I was buying high on them. Josh Allen has gotten progressively better every year when you give him more talent, you know? He took a huge leap when you gave him John Brown and Cole Beasley. What did you expect was going to happen when you gave him Stephon Diggs, you know, and he yeah. just started just dominating. Um, I don't know if they're top to bottom the best team. I love Buffalo. Their offense is so legit. But they got embarrassed by Kansas City earlier in the year, didn't they? What, what was that ridiculous score? It was something ridiculous. It was something ridiculous. Here's <laughs> one thing that I'll say. I am rooting for the Bills to win. If there's a team that I'm saying I want to win, it's the Bills. And not really because I like the Bills. It's because of Bills Mafia. Can you the crazy shit that they do on a random Sunday for no fucking reason at all is funny and viral. Whoever started the jumping through the fire tables, yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know what? It's a good idea. Let me jump through a table of fire. I can only imagine the shit that they would do for oh. a, to, if they won a Super Bowl championship. Things that people would pay to watch. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. The games. So here we go. We've been talking a lot. So we're just going to knock out some of these awards. And uh, we're going to start our number one award here. First on the list, we are talking about 
clutch uh, QB performance in the championship week. So these guys who might have won you a championship if you played them, or more than likely. So, Brian, you're going to be announcing the nominees. Go ahead and kick it. All right. All right. Starting with our first nominee, we have Deshaun Watson. Um, he, he's a great player, up-and-coming guy. We got Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and then Josh Allen. I think we all clearly know who's going to win this one. We you know we did the polls on Twitter. Um, all right, let's just get to it. And the winner is Josh Allen with 70% of the Twitter votes. Everybody on this list killed it. If you played any of these four guys in your championship week, you are very happy. That is for sure. I, and then I, Josh Allen had four TD passes versus <laughs> the uh, New England Patriots in week 16. Um, that's a good one. And, you know, if you played those week 17 championships, which I know you, a lot of people didn't, he got like three touchdown passes in the first half or something like something ridiculous like that. So in six quarters of football, he got seven, <laughs> seven uh, touchdown passes. That's a lot. Jordan's up in the building. What up, bro? Shout out to the IDP army and the IDP one, two, three scoring. I'm all about it, brother. Man, and going on Josh Allen winning that award, it makes it that much sweeter that he won it on Monday because everyone who had Josh Allen was sweating going into Monday night. <laughs> I saw some crazy like uh, digs, digs um, him stacks. And you know what oh, I mean? Like people on Twitter were just like, I was down like 75 points and I won. You know what I mean? Like, so I usually post that like I'm down by 2000 and then you had Josh Allen and Diggs. You won, man. Like, right. That was, you won. So, and I feel bad for all those people that were going against Allen on Monday night, but anybody who I didn't, I didn't have Allen, but it, it was sweet to watch it. Just everyone who had Monday, like you win the championship on Monday, you know, standalone game, you know, you're sweating Monday night, you know, so. I thought that was pretty awesome too. And going against Belichick, who's the greatest defensive mastermind in football history, like that's that's even sweeter too. And I know you guys see a whole bunch of like posts on social media. If like anybody wins on Monday night and like, oh my kicker won it for me, like I'm so excited. Like to have like Josh Allen like uh, in a championship week on Monday night, like pretty much the best feeling in the world. Championship in that kind of style on Monday night. I'd rather win on Monday night than like Sunday after Sunday morning's games. You know, it just feels even sweeter at night. It feels even better in the last game of the week. You know, totally. it's good stuff. Yep. Hell yeah, man. All right. So let's get into our second category. And we're just going to be, we're going to pump out these first four. They are all clutch performers in the championship week. And we're talking week 16 championships. If you play in week 17 championships, I'm sorry for you. Uh, change it up next year. You really should. So this one is going to be for running back, clutch performer in a championship week. And Corey, why don't you read off the nominees? All right. Nominees for running back, clutch performer. We got David Johnson. We got Mr. Six Touchdown himself, Alvin Kamara, Miles Gaskin, and Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, we know it was Kamara. You know, if you if you had Kamara, you already won your championship, unless you had Mike Evans going against you or something like that, too. I, I know. I know. Against, uh, Josh Allen, huh? <laughs> yeah. The guy in my league had Kamara and he lost the championship. Because the other guy had Mike Evans and he had Patrick Mahomes. So he didn't guarantee you a win, but he pretty much guaranteed 95% of people a win, I believe. Probably. So that, that was awesome to watch, though. 
I think was it on was it Christmas that he did that Christmas right? Yep, it was. It was Christmas. So even sweeter, you got a Christmas miracle from Alvin Kamara. <laughs> that is a miracle. You know what I mean? That happens what every five to ten years or something like that. Not, uh, not even. No, not even. Who's the first person I think to get six touchdowns since in the Super Bowl area? I think so. That'd been like nineteen. What? No Priest Holmes or anything like that back in the day. So I forget who it was. It might have been someone on ESPN or maybe even Matthew Barry, but they talked about the all-time like highest points per game ever, and Alvin Kamara was the third highest points per game ever. <laughs> so yeah, only three, only two people ever have done better than he just did on Christmas, and one of them was Jerry Rice. And it happened to be in the Super Bowl championship playoff performance. That is just like the opposite spectrum of Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win everyone a championship. Josh Jacobs is like getting DUIs and shitting on everyone's team and stuff. <laughs> yep. And then Kamar got Breeze, son, the chip. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our third one here. Wide receiver, clutch performer in the championship week. Talking about week 16 again. Brian, why don't you read off the nominees while I smoke this bowl real quick? Where's the first one he keeps at? So the nominees are T. Higgins, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, and Devontae Adams. Those are all some really good players. Before you read the winner, the winner is. Hold up. My bad. Before T. Higgins. We already know he didn't win. We already know he didn't. But, man, I got to give a shout-out to T. Higgins. Like, such a good performance with, like, a third-string or fourth-string quarterback and, like, that crazy toe-tapping, like, uh, touchdown in the end zone. Like, I won a championship because of T. Higgins. Um, a good feeling to win. I got like to that that's a good. That's a good feeling to, like, your third wide receiver or your second flex guy. You know, just as like the the guy who wins you the game, you're like literally the last fucking guy, you know, probably the one who you were maybe thinking about putting somebody else in over him, you know, and whenever you make that call, it's got to be a good feeling. All right. But the uh, championship clutch performer is Stefan Diggs, 56 percent of the votes, and he had three touchdowns and 145 yards. That's a oh. lot. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot, you know. Um you know, 145 yards and a touchdown might have gotten you uh, a championship, you know, but he got 145 and three touchdowns. So that's just ridiculous. Um, that's just ridiculous. I'm actually going to join you on the smoke. I was wondering if we were waiting for like 320 or 420, but I'm just going to. Nope. nope. We're just going to keep smoking the entire time. And if you had the Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, like stack, like it was probably. It, it had to be very hard to lose if you had those two players on your squad. And so three amazing, amazing performances that we just talked about. I mean, some for the ages, that is for sure. And to come in championship week in that kind of style, just uh, amazing. Right. And especially like when one of these, if one of these guys is like, was like your guy who you were in the off season, who you were just banging the drum for. It's got to be a good feeling. I was a big um, Josh Allen guy. Again, when you go from like being average to being good with John Brown and Cole Beasley, uh, give him Stephon Diggs. 
you're just a badass, you know, you're going to do good. Yeah, here was my here was my two big busts of the year preseason. I had Tom Brady one spot ahead of uh, Josh Allen, and because of that, I drafted Tom Brady over Josh Allen in a handful of leagues. So that shit sucks. And then Diggs was one of those guys that I didn't know how he was going to be going over to Buffalo, and I kind of faded him a little bit. I did not have him on one team. So yeah, that is a shame on me because. Uh, yeah, th- those guys just killed it all year long. You know, it's like when you have those convictions, you know, if you're right, it feels damn good, you know, but if you miss, <laughs> damn, well, and if you bought into them like a lot of your leagues, that's it could be a huge, huge miss, you know. I just, there's like so many that are just popping into my head of just like misses that have, I've had an 85% of my fantasy leagues that just, <laughs> you know, screwed me over bad. Doesn't just, feel good. No, it doesn't. It does not. Uh, All right, so next category here, we got tight end clutch performer in a championship week, and we got four bosses on this list right now. We got Travis Kelsey, we got Rob Gronkowski, who absolutely balled out, Uh, we have Jimmy Graham, and we have Darren Waller, who completely balled out. Um, as, As shitty as the tight end wasteland was all year. It's crazy how in championship week there actually was like a handful of like really good performances. So that was one thing to see. And this one, this was actually one of the closest races that we had. So we have drum roll. Travis Kelsey beating out Darren Waller. 38.6% 38.6% to 70 to 37.1%. So we're talking about a point and a half uh, margin of victory for Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey had 13 targets, seven receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Anybody who had Travis Kelsey, you had one bad week from him, and that was it. And he completely balled out pretty much every other week. And you rode him to the championship. I, mean, I had him in a non PPR league, and there was like three weeks where he didn't score at least ten points. Three or four weeks where he didn't score ten points, and that's like, fuck, that's so good. You know what I mean? That's just ridiculous. In a non PPR league, is getting double digits, 13, 12, 13 weeks out of, out of the year. That's just absolutely ridiculous. Oh, that's oh. <laughs> he was so. And Darren Waller balled out. I, I, I'm going to pull up his. Uh, I'm going to pull up his Week 16 stats. He, he balled out. He, I mean, uh, six targets, five receptions, 112 yards. So I mean, Kelsey like doubling up on those receptions and having that touchdown makes a difference. And David said Waller's on his way to being better than Kelsey and Kittle. I mean, they keep using them the way that they have. Uh, Darren Waller was he was uh, he was someone who I wasn't sold on for the price tag because last year he kind of he went in waves of being hit or miss. And I know up until the playoffs, there was a lot of people who didn't really like Darren Waller, even as the Darren Waller owner. But he balled out those three weeks when it mattered, though, that's for sure. (laughs) If you went against him in fantasy this year, you just were not 
comfortable until the game was over. He'd be like, damn, this fool could just like absolutely go off today with, and you know, you just, when you go against somebody who has a tight end who like scores like 30 points, you know, gets 90 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, it's hard to win. It's hard to beat those guys. Cause that just advantage right there. Cause some of these people, you get a tight end who scores like seven points in PPR versus like a Darren Waller and a Kittle who are going to get your 25 points. Their minimum is what, 15 points probably you expect? Eight catches, 70 yards is like the minimum for these top guys. Ah, it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I went up against Darren Waller in week 15, that, that game where he had like 200 yards or whatever. It was all fucking ridiculous. And in the league that I play in, it's two point, uh, two point per catch. And, um, yeah, I, he had like fucking 50 points or like something ridiculous. And I still almost won, but I had Derek Carr as my super flex, and that's what lost me the game. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, the game's flashing in my head right now. Yeah, really shitty. And Antonio said, smoke it up. This was from earlier, so I'm about to double it up and smoke it up again. I'll join you, actually. There we go. And Donovan said, I won Monday night. Uh, then Diggs uh, was the nail in the coffin shut. I like it. That's cool. <laughs> he didn't even care what Diggs did. Just icing on the cake. Damn it, Antonio faced, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, Diggs and Allen in the championship. Uh, yep, Diggs. There we go. <laughs> David was smoking, too. He said cheers. There we go. Going to get some smoking in right now. Let's see. What's the next category we got? Okay, this one is uh, Corey's going to read off the nominees. This is going to be – this is a big one here. This is for quarterback of the year. Go ahead and read off the nominees, Corey. All right, quarterback of the year, we got Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. And surprisingly, by 91% of votes, Josh Allen won, which honestly is pretty surprising. I I thought Mahomes would have took it home, but Josh Allen won it. You know, for the price tag, Josh Allen is clearly the best one. Oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers probably fell on some ADP, um, but – you know, Josh Allen wasn't very – you didn't have to pay very much draft capital to get him in a redraft, you know? Josh Allen was, I think, coming into the season based on Yahoo default, I think he was number 10. Aaron Rodgers maybe number 12. So they're both around the same range for sure. But I have no problem with Allen winning the award for sure. All three of those guys balled out. Watson's kind of the odd one out there, but all three of them balled out for the majority of the season. And it's crazy. So what happened on Twitter – was uh, I posted the original poll and I accidentally put Josh Allen in there twice and he was winning the poll, but it was like 70%, but both Josh Allen's also had votes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I reposted the poll. That one, I don't know. It, only, it lasted an hour until someone pointed it out and then I reposted it and I was shocked. It had more votes than any other poll that we did. I think it got up like 700, maybe 800 votes and, to come off with 91%, that's uh, that's telling you how many people probably drafted Josh Allen late and won a championship because of him. And uh, Jono said Rodgers should have won. Yeah, he, he was someone I thought had a chance for sure. And Joseph said Josh Allen is a better QB, uh, fantasy QB over Rodgers in my opinion. I mean – if you had either one of them, you were stoked. If you had anybody on this list, I think you were stoked by their performance. And Patrick Mahomes was the only one who you had to uh, – wait, who was the other one? Uh, Deshaun. 
Yeah, Deshaun. I mean, you had to reach to grab him, but he was probably a top three, four guy that went in in redraft, right? Well, I I would say top six, unanimous top six, but I saw him go anywhere from three to six. I saw people draft him as the number six. But, uh, yeah, I mean, someone who you still had to pay a decent price for, not as much as Mahomes, but he lived up to the – lived up to the capital that you had to put into him. All right. So let's just keep rolling along with the running back of the year and go ahead, Corey, read off those nominees. All right. We got David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Dalvin cook winners, Alvin Kamara again, second award of the night. And I think that's well-deserved too. Definitely. I mean, good company, you know, on here. I mean, Pretty much any guy could have won it. I mean, maybe except David Montgomery. Um, all of us just had the same one. So I threw David Montgomery on there because I think he overexceeded expectations. And it's crazy. Once you get past those top three out of uh, Kamara, Henry, and Cook, I mean, it's a, it, it's a lot of people that you weren't really expecting to be around there, and everybody's just kind of close. But, uh, yeah, Kamara's someone you spent the draft capital on and balled out and – if you made it to the championship, he more than likely won you a championship. Who do you guys personally think was the best out of those three? Kamarak, I think he – all of them are great running backs, but if you played in a PPR league, Kamara's receptions just put him over the top because Henry doesn't catch passes that much. And no, maybe one or two game. Yeah, I just think Kamara overall probably gave you more points as a pass catcher as well. I mean, the th- I, I like Henry – this year, I mean, obviously Kamara, I mean, he tipped the scales with week uh, 16. I mean, that right. made it, you know, to where stats-wise, you know, he beat out everybody. I mean, we just witnessed Henry have a 2,000-yard season. You know, I mean, that's not something that we see a lot. I mean, second score. In a score, passing league, like you said. Yeah, even in a passing league. And it sucks because we see him get, like, random, you know um, – pass attempts, you know, to him. And uh, I just don't know why they don't do it more. Like, why don't you just get him a couple easy catches? But he's just that much of a workhorse that they really don't need to. But uh, Henry's someone that I was I was down on him this year. Idiot, you know. And uh, <laughs> But next year, I don't know if anybody has ever had the workload that he's got, you know, the 300-plus carries and actually came back-to-back seasons and been another top workhorse. Like, you, I think you have to go all the way back to LT, 2005, 2006, to even find someone to, like, like even repeat. Or, or no, wait, I, I guess Henry didn't win it this year. I think um, last year it was, so. No, never mind. I, I was going to say that no one's ever got back-to-back, like, uh, top scoring running back like two years in a row, but I guess Henry wasn't the top scoring running back last year anyways. So even McCaffrey, if, right? Christian McCaffrey yeah. would have been the top. Yep. And then Kamara got it this year. So Henry actually hasn't been the top, uh, top scorer in fantasy. I mean, who knows maybe in a couple years, but that workload that he got makes me nervous. Like I, I want to see some, uh, some stats about guys with 300 plus touch seasons and see what they did next year. Cause those workloads don't come around too often. No, but if there's somebody who can do it, it's it's. If there was one guy that I would put my money on to be able to do it, it would be him. Personally, but all right, that was a good one. Those top three guys, 
if you have those guys like in your fantasy team, you fucking are probably going to win a lot of games. Well, because that one guy is so good. Yep. And it's crazy. Kamara had those couple down weeks with like Taysom Hill to where people mm-hmm. benched him. <laughs> and uh, I mean, luckily that only lasted like, you know, one or two weeks, I think, where people were like, you know, debating that. And uh, Antonio Kamara went one pick before his. That That is tough. Joseph said Kamara would have been even better stats at Breeze, wouldn't have missed time. Yep. Benjamin, 2QB League, uh, 0.7 PPR opponent had Kamara, 55 points. I had Stafford as my QB2, 0.68 points. Monday night, I'm down by 15, and it's my Diggs and Bass versus his Beasley. And needless to say, I won. That's pretty dope. That is pretty dope. Because I won a championship uh, pretty easily because my opponent played Stafford. It was a league where we could play three QBs, though. Jono said, yep, look at DeMarco Murray and CMC. Okay, that's talking about the 300-plus right. uh, uh, touch seasons. And CMC got hurt this year. DeMarco Murray got hurt after his big 300-touch uh, season. And Benjamin, my winning squad, Rodgers, Hopkins, Hill, Diggs, uh, DJ, Gaskin, Fant, A.B., Gibson, Stafford, Bass, and the Browns. That's pretty dope. And uh, I'm assuming DJ is uh, David Johnson because it looks like those are the two running backs. David Johnson got uh, <coughs> got hurt for a while. He was actually in my championship lineup also. And uh, wish you could have played like that the whole time. And Conscious Machine, nice, representing the East Coast. And uh, 420, long time no smoke. <laughs> there we go. And oh, shit. We're doing some uh, drafts right now, and Antonio said he's on the clock. I'll be right back. <laughs> Let's get into our next category, and uh, we got 420 coming up in uh, California in nine minutes. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get those bowls packed and ready to go. Throw uh, 420 in the chat so we know that you got them packed and ready to go for 420 California time. And our next award is going to be the wide receiver of the year. And, Corey, why don't you go ahead and kick those nominees? All right. We got Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, D-Hop, and Stefan Diggs. And the winner went to Devontae Adams. Well-deserved. Honestly, all four of those guys could have could have are great nominees. I mean, D-Hop kind of tailed off at the end there, but all four of them were great wide receivers. If you had any of them, you – you had a great season for sure. That's what I was thinking right now. I was like, you know, depending on the week, I'll take any of those. I'll take any of those, depending on what week it is, you know. Um, really just depends on the opponent when you're when you're talking about the elite, elite wide receivers. Yep, and Adams is definitely, you know, one of the elite coming down with 18 touchdowns. I mean, that is a huge freaking touchdown total on the season. Right. Like, you love that. Um not much more to say, to, right? Great. All right. Now, next award here. We got the tight end of the year. All right. And let's get into these nominees. So, our first nominee is Travis Kelsey. Our second nominee is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> our third nominee is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Our fourth nominee 
is Travis Kelsey. <laughs> okay. And by war wide margin of victory, he actually took it home at a 67% of the vote here. None other than Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Which Travis Kelsey won? One, two, three, or four? It was the number one Travis Kelsey. So I think people were lazy and they just saw his name first. Probably didn't look at the rest and then just clicked it. <laughs> and then his stats, I actually have his yards and his and his touchdowns. He's got 11 touchdowns for 1,416 yards. <laughs> Kelsey, he would have finished, I think it was like the number five. He would have been like number four or number five wide receiver in PPR fantasy if he was a like open position or whatever like that. You know, so that's ridiculous. Yeah, we're talking about him having uh, more points than, or not more points, but more more yards than every single wide receiver except for Stefan Diggs. That's legit. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got literally Tyreek Hill on his team that he's like competing for, you know attention so it's just ridiculous and antonio said wonder who won <laughs> yep and then david said kelsey is better than most wide receiver ones in the league that's for dan and he's 31 years old he's got a lot and and patrick mahomes is his quarterback right for the rest of his career <laughs> right now you know for sure like what a feeling <laughs> and they're like so, best friends you always see them like posting pictures and shit like that I actually went to the girl, the high school with the girl, Travis Kelsey's wife. She's a year younger than me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, fucking. Nice. She's awesome. Yeah. Did he have a reality show to like find his wife or something? <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure. She was really beautiful and smart. Like she was like, like homecoming queen and the year after me and like went to Pepperdine and shit. So she's, you know, fucking beautiful, smart. She was like leader ASB and shit, class president. She, you know, she's. Fucking one of those people, you know what I mean? Just fucking good at everything and shit. <laughs> there you go. Jono, he said that uh, Travis Kelsey finished as the running back four and the wide receiver three overall. Like, <laughs> that's, that's pretty ridiculous. I know that I had Travis Kelsey on, I want to say like three leagues. Maybe it was something like that. Um, and it was amazing to not ever have to worry about the tight end position. Like it's usually something like week to week you really stress about. But I will say for anybody who's playing in a, a 12-team league or, or lower, Travis Kelsey is a first-round draft pick. Like I don't he's a first-round draft pick, like no matter what. And you better jump for him because somebody else is going to do it. And you know, he's also a first rounder in in the big leagues because <clears throat> when you're like pick thirteen or fourteen or twelve in a fourteen man league, you need to kind of get an edge somewhere, you know, because those top guys they're for sure just going to have an edge over you, the, the Derrick Henrys and stuff like that. Especially if you're not doing like a, a non PPR and stuff like that, <clears throat> so you really do have to get something that's going to give you an edge, you know, even if you're in a 14 league, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to, is going to give you an edge. So <clears throat> something that's going to give you an edge is going to take you over the top. Number one tight end is, is the way to go. in like those big, big end leagues. <coughs> <coughs> so 
in the bank. Money in the bank. And David said, if you had a top three pick, would you draft Kelsey over CMC, Kamara, or Henry, et cetera? I mean, that, that, that's probably the cutoff to where I would be drafting, like, guys like that first. But Kelsey, like, where Michael Thomas was getting drafted this year, that's where I would be drafting Kelsey. Like, between five, five through seven. Yeah, five through seven. There you go. Like, middle of the first round. Um, yeah, he just – he has to be respected that way. Patrick Mahomes is only going to get better. Their bond is only going to grow. And Kelsey, he's the best in the league. Not, I mean, he's talented for sure, but he knows how to outwork people. Like he's one of the smartest players at his position, maybe ever. He's legit. So the reason we did that is because we wanted to be able to at least highlight some other tight ends, you know, who deserve to at least have a shot at an award. So we do have an award here for tight ends, not named Travis Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the unanimous number two tight end, you know, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. But we wanted to be able to uh, highlight some guys. So, Brian, why don't you go ahead and read the nominees for this award? This year's nominees for tight end of the year, not named Travis Kelsey, Robert Tanya. TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Logan Thomas. And the winner is Darren Waller with 77%. He had 1,196 yards and nine touchdowns this year. That's that's really good for a tight end. That's not bad. I mean, when you look, it just sucks that like Kelsey just makes everyone look like shit, you know? <laughs> with five, like if, with like 300 more yards and two more touchdowns. If you, you, take, know, so. if you take Kelsey out like, we're talking about Waller, great season, but it's just Kelsey just so far above everybody else that it just makes it makes it. But Waller, phenomenal season for sure. He had uh, more yards. Uh, Twelve wide receivers had more yards than him. That's it. So just to put it into perspective, how he did. I mean, not points wise, but just yardage wise. There's only uh, twelve wide receivers that had more than he. So, you know, not very many people are like one of the main focal points of the offense. Not very many tight ends or, you know, um, you know, Josh Jacobs, you would say that he is probably the focal point of the offense. But, you know, he had some, you know, average games. He didn't go off like super hard this year. Waller, I would say, was like the 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 star of that team this year for sure. I mean, no receivers really stood out on the Vegas Raiders either, like. Nelson Aguilar had had his had his ups and downs for sure. I mean, Hunter Renfro maybe had two games where we thought, oh, he's the waiver wire ad, but then he just went back to irrelevant status. So it happens to be four twenty. So we're <laughs> we're gonna light it up. And sorry for interrupting. No worries. Let let's get it going. And uh, there we go, David, with the four twenty blessing. <laughs> Here we go. Corey, you can answer this one. David said Kelsey over Mahomes. I I personally would do it just because I'm never one to draft a quarterback in the first round. Never in my eight years of fantasy football have I ever drafted a quarterback first round. So I, I understand Mahomes is like not, not like any other quarterback, but Kelsey over Hill, I'd consider it. I think I'd do it. I think because – with Kelsey, Alex talks about this every single week where he says, oh, 
you want Kelsey because he just gives you such a big advantage at the tight end spot that it's just unmatched. Where if you're passing up on Hill and you get Kelsey, and then say round two you're getting, I don't know who's like a round two wide receiver. I mean, this year round two wide receiver was probably like Kenny Galladay. I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is anywhere close to Tyreek Hill, but Kenny Galladay is not as big a drop-off from Tyreek Hill as Kelsey would have been from who was the number two tight end drafted this year, like – Kittle. Yeah. Kittle. Well, we get Kittle. Kittle was good this year. But I'd say the when tight he played, end. He, when he played, he was amazing. Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, Kittle was great. So it's like the tight end gap from Kelsey to the next best is larger than the right receiver gap from Hill to uh, Kenny Galladay type deal. And I and I would say uh, Kills, Kittle, <laughs> Kelsey and Kittle, they're both going to be in that same range to where they both need to be respected. You know, that way, because the drop off from those two guys to the next guy is tremendous. I mean, the next guys drafted were um, probably Mark Andrews and Darren Waller were probably the next two drafted in most in most leagues. And Ertz. Ertz was number five. And I think Higby was like average uh, the sixth the sixth uh, average tight end drafted. So, yeah, we're talking about huge drop offs like. Mm -hmm after those top two guys. Hill is amazing. You know, if you get a, a league where there's bonus points involved for long, for long touchdowns, um, you know, for those 50 yard bombs, you get an extra point or two. Hill is the best wide receiver around because he can just break off, you know, a 90 yard catch and a 75 yard catch and run just real quick, you know? Yep. And, you want those guys on the high-powered offenses either way. David said, I agree. Kelsey is a higher pick because of the strategy and stats combined with <laughs> Waller, Kittle, and others in the picture next. Uh, I was just wondering how that affects the combo. Yeah. I mean, Kelsey. You know, a lot of it depends on draft position. You know, like you're obviously, you know, if you're in the top four or five picks, I'm probably not going to choose the tight end. I'm probably going to go – with one of the top wide top running backs, I always like to hit the running backs first, and then once you do that, I would always try to go for the number one wide receiver before the number one tight end, no matter the circumstance, um, even if it gives you the advantage. Um, ah, I just, yeah, that's what, that's what I think. I don't know. I just think tight ends are, are great, and they're they're just in the second. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I like I, I like the wide receiver. I think those other two tight ends are great. They're legit. They're definitely in like the next tier, right below Kels. You know. Yep. All right, and we got a couple categories in a row where we got to put some guys on blast for being the busts of the year. So we're gonna talk a little bit of shit uh, right now. Weed and talk some shit. And here we go. Let's kick off these QB busts of the year. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and kick the nominees? Excellent. For the QB bust of the year, we have Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, and Carson Wentz. To me, it's it's clear even before we even get into the winner. But the winner is Carson Wentz with 44% of the vote. You know, two of these other guys were, you know, one of Dak's hurt. The first five games, he looked like the best, one of the two, three best quarterbacks in the league. Cam Newton had no weapons. I would say Carson Wentz had no weapons. But Lamar Jackson, you know, if you were able to get to the Super Bowl or get to the championship, he might have won you the championship because he had a dope run at the end. Those last four weeks, 
five weeks, he had a great run. So it's clearly, for me, it's Carson Wentz. He got benched for a rookie. You know, that's not a good sign. He was a turnover machine. Turnover machine. That's just never a good sign. Yeah, he wasn't horrible for fantasy for the longest time. But if you were riding him in like a super flex league or something and you had nobody else, you know, besides him, like, yeah, that, that could have tanked your team at the end. Like I was in a league where we played two quarterbacks and a super flex and I was riding Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz the entire way. So I was super nervous in the championship, but I ended up playing T Higgins in my super flex spot in the championship and he got as much as quarterbacks do he got like 23 <laughs> points or something like that so it was pretty awesome but uh yeah I, I feel for people who had carson wentz as like a super flex and he tanked you right at the end too like that's what makes it worse all right so let's get into the next one here we got the running back busts of the year and brian why don't you go ahead and read these nominees all right we have Christian McCaffrey. We have Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Right. Good. And before you read the winner, I mean, maybe some guys got put on here because of injury. I mean, in fantasy, it does suck, you know, when a guy gets injured and he's the first pick or something. I mean, we're talking about fantasy awards. So is he a bust in real life? Not really, but some of these guys, even though they got injured. They were kind of busts for your fantasy team. You know, for me, the two big ones are Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards because they play, you know. And yep. if you were banking on them to get you a lot of points, you were not in a good spot. Um, but the winner with 44% of the vote is Ezekiel Elliott. And that's probably because he was a top five pick. You know, he was the he was probably the number three back that went in most drafts. He and got drafted. I saw him getting drafted before Saquon Barkley in a lot of drafts. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of people taking victory laps because of that. When Saquon got hurt, they're like, Oh yeah, I, I knew I drafted Zeke before Saquon. And then I think that I, I got to agree that Zeke was the bigger bust. Cause you played him all year expecting him to be good. And he failed you so many weeks. The question, you know, yeah, a couple, yeah, my two big ones, Clyde Edwards are there. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Very good. I oh, I was just uh, saying the question becomes was he a bust because Dak Prescott hurt or Dak Prescott got hurt or is it just he just had a down year? That, that's that's a question. I, I think have. It's Dak for sure. The reason is Dak because he looked good the first four or five weeks. He had probably like four to five touchdowns in the first five or six weeks of the season. Their offensive so. line. That made a huge difference. I mean, at the end of the season, they started gelling a little bit together after they got a couple weeks, like, under their belt. But, I mean, all those offensive line changes, like, that for sure makes a difference. Like, I mean, I know a lot of people take the offensive linemen, you know, for granted in fantasy because, you know, we don't really care about those guys. We just expect them to do good every single game. But Zeke has literally had one of the historically better – like offensive lines, like ever in history. And right. once he lost a couple pieces, we saw that it makes a difference if you don't got those studs. And especially if you got that fumble Ruski problem, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think Mixon probably should have been on there before Saquon and the other ones, um, before Saquon and, and Christian McCaffrey personally. 
Um, I'm not a big mixing guy, so I, I pass on him um, every chance I get. Um, again, like we're not really talking about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He got moved up into the first round of, of drafts because he was going to be the number one running back for the Chiefs, and he just didn't really have any weeks that were phenomenal, right? Maybe one week that was pretty good. But other than that, he was just like average, right? Literally one week. That was right. it. That was one game with like three touchdowns or something like that. Literally one blow-up game. And I think the thing that made it worse was they just didn't put him on IR from the beginning. And, I mean, that shit sucked. If they just would have put him on IR, that would have, you know, at least people could have pivoted, got rid of him, you know, or whatever. But it made it worse that they like – that the that, that whole three-week span – it was just like up in the air. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is Geo going to be the guy? Like that just made it even worse to where he sh- he should definitely be considered for this award. I, I definitely think so. Um, and there, I still see people just beating beating the drum for Mixon. What, what's your opinion on that, YouTube, about Joe Mixon just in general? Mixon, I'm always one where like I know people have these don't draft lists, but I'm always one where it's like I pick the best available guy, you know. Like if Joe Mixon was on there with like – I'm not saying Joe Mixon is anywhere close to Zeke, but let's say Joe – probably Joe Mixon is probably going around the same range as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you'd say, probably this draft. Or am I wrong? Yeah. I probably would have gone – I probably would have gone with Joe Mixon just because he's the proven guy. I don't really like to take rookies. I took Antonio Gibson, but that was like round like 12. We'll get into him later. But I, I just think that Joe Mixon – Wait, what was the question? I got confused, man. I'm sorry. What do you think about Joe Mixon? Oh, what do you just think about Joe Mixon? Oh, I just think, I think he's a player. Player. I just don't think people people need to start stop drafting him as an RB two. People are treating him like an RB two every single year, but he's more just an RB three flex play. I just don't think he he's developed this persona that he is a bust every single year. So. And it didn't help that Joe Burrow went down too, because that happened too. And then even before Joe Burrow got hurt, he was injured too. So I'm not. He had one good game, and it was versus Jacksonville. It was terrible. The Bengals are dog shit, though. Like that's another thing. Like I mean, I know that all this hype, like oh, they got two new linemen. You know, it's going to make like such a huge difference. But I don't know. Their blocking schemes or something. Like I don't know. They're not blocking anybody. <laughs> he's not getting anywhere. Like, I mean, it's one of those things to where he's getting hit in the backfield, you know, more often than he's getting to the second level or anything. So that uh, the, their line is just shitty, and we can't have a lot of confidence in anyone if their offensive line is shit. Like, that that's just needs to be – we need to if – if your offensive line is shit, you should just – your expectations should be lowered – just a little bit from wherever everyone else are. I would agree with that. And I see over here David Hess is talking about CEA. He did go. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire went super high in, in drafts. Um, he was just like talked about like he was just a first shoe, for shoe in like 10 touchdown, 1,000-yard season. And he whiffed. But, yeah, he went high. I think the later that you draft, you drafted, like the hype kept building like more and more. So the closer you drafted to the start of the season, I think the higher that he went. I just think it's because Damian Williams opted out. So he was going to be the workhorse. He was a first round back, you know, obviously if you're a first round back, they're going to give you the reps, you know? So 
even, I mean, I know Alex talked about how Le'Veon Bell wasn't a, I mean, he wasn't even in the scenario when he was drafted that high, but being a workhorse, he should have gotten in and in a phenomenal offense where you have guys like Hill and Kelsey, like, and Mahomes, like they're going to force the ball out of Mahomes, hands, force him to run the ball more. And he just, he couldn't get anything going. And even when Bell got there and even Bell was getting like three carries a game, he was still not doing anything even with Bell there and when not there. So CH was even bigger bust in my opinion than Joe Mixon because the hype was bigger for CH because Gio Bernard is more relevant than any other Chiefs back. Like Daryl Williams is nothing, you know. I don't know who's the other guy, Thompson in there too. So Darwin that's my yeah. <clears throat> and I think one thing that we need to remember moving forward is if um if a team doesn't draft like a running back in like I would say like the top 14, 15 picks, something like that, they're probably not going to be building their offense like around that person. Like, I mean, we talk about someone like Zeke who is drafted, you know, number four overall, you know, um, they're going to get, they're building around him. Even Leonard Fournette, as much as like he wasn't that guy and he kept getting hurt, he was a number four pick, I believe. And they still, they made him the workhorse, you know, for a long time. So I think that's something that we got to remember. Uh, Clyde Edwards Lair was the last pick in the draft in the first round of the draft. So, you know, if they wanted him that bad, they would have moved up or something. Not just expect him to fall. I will say though, Gibson, their offense was surrounded by him for sure, but that's also due to quarterback play. But Gibson was what, like drafted round three or four this, this year. Probably. Yeah. Right around four in mine. A lot of mine. I got him later than that. Oh no, oh no, I'm talking about in in like the NFL draft. The draft? Mm-hmm. Oh, NFL oh. draft. Yeah, I think he was I think he was I'm going to check cuz I do third think round pick. I think he was like a third round pick. Yeah, third or fourth or Atlantic round. or something like that. <clears throat> I could be wrong though. And and I just mean, yeah, and I I just mean like uh Let me see. I I can't. Oh, you were talking about fantasy. Like fantasy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking of like oh they didn't draft them high, well, so yeah, I, offense around like the NFL team's not going to build their offense around him, so that affects his fantasy outlook. Okay, yeah, because he was being drafted in fantasy as if he was going to be a workhorse, you know, back right off the bat. Like, I mean, first round pick, high second round pick, you know, maybe earlier in August. But yeah, I saw him getting drafted sixth and seventh is the highest. I saw him get drafted in a few leagues, so people drafted him expecting you know, to be a workhorse. I mean, because Damian Williams showed out. So, and obviously I, I think CH is a better talent than Damian Williams because, I mean, Damian Williams was a backup in Miami. So if Andy Reid and those guys could turn Damian Williams into a star running back, they could easily make CEH a star running back. So that um, that's what I think went into it too. And Antonio said he was between CEH and Cook and went Cook. Uh, don't like drafting rookies. I'm assuming Cooks, not Cooks. I would never – you'd never draft a rookie over someone like Dalvin Cook, you know. Personally. People did, though. But people drafted CEH over Derrick Henry. I witnessed it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're probably watching, you know, too much ESPN and, and NFL Network, you know, which I actually believe those guys, like, try to sway the opinion a lot of the time, personally. Yeah. yeah. There we go. David said CEH went sixth. In my draft. Right. Like he went around sixth or seventh in, in my draft. Yeah. I saw and him. He went in my draft now. I saw him and go. probably be like, you know, right after 
because in my opinion, like most of the top five would be like were like uh, CMC, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Cook, Kamara, Derrick Henry. You know, he probably went right around right after there, right after Michael Thomas. So anywhere from like six to eight for sure. Yeah. Third in one of this guy. That's crazy. Yeah, nuts. What up, DJ Cut? CEH went 12th in my draft, and Dalvin Cook went 13. So right, right in front of him. There you go. <laughs> That's wild. And Crazy. Dalvin, well, I, you know, all leagues are different, but Dalvin Cook to 13, it's got to be a super flex or something like that. After um, after Damian Williams opted out, the hype went through the freaking roof. Like it just, uh, it was crazy. It was mm -hmm. crazy. All right, so get into the next category here. We got wide receiver bust of the year. And, Corey, why don't you go ahead and read off the nominees? All right, let me pull up this here. Wide receiver bust of the year, we got Kenny Galladay, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, and Marquise, no longer Hollywood Brown. And the winner is Michael Thomas. Well-deserved, well-deserved. Got hurt in the first game, missed a couple games, and then just came back and was so blah. I don't even know what else to say other than just blah. They, for some reason, they said he was not very happy. You know, he's just, like, not happy there. Um, again, for me in this one, it's it's Marquise Brown. Um, he was somebody who I was super high on, and I just, like, sucked. You know, again, like, he was hurt. Michael Thomas was hurt, kind of like Kenny Galladay, where, like, you know, fuck, you had him on your team, even though, like, every week it was like, uh, I, I think Michael Thomas is a big disappointment. He was hurt, you know? Ah. Not for that much. Mark, Mark Brown came on at the end. What was that? He wasn't, he wasn't hurt for that long. Like, I mean, I, you know, I, it, I, don't, I don't think it's because of uh, that the time that he was hurt that people think that he's a bust. I would agree. But it's like Kenny Galladay, you know? Like, he got hurt with that hamstring and was, like, kind of like – Almost gonna play every week, you know. Like, but he when he played, he was good. When Kenny Galladay played those like three or four games, he was still pretty legit. So I, I see what everyone's what's going through. Um, and I, I do agree with you though about Marquise Brown. I, I had to tell people that I won't. I I literally will not answer your question if you call him Hollywood Brown. Like, <laughs> you can't suck this bad in the NFL and have a cool nickname. Like, no, it doesn't happen. In one of my leagues, twelve man league, I dropped him. He got picked up right away. The person played him. He got zero, and then he got dropped the next day. <laughs> like, he was just so bad for the longest time, getting, like, two targets a game, like, one catch a game for 10 yards. Like, everybody remembers his first two games in the NFL, and I think that we've come a long way from that, and – uh we got to forget about those two games. Those never existed for Marquise Brown. <laughs> he did score in like six out of the last eight or five out of the last seven or something like that. So, you know, he did put them on decently well at the end when the team was playing better, you know. Most but, of those games he only had one catch. I, I, yeah, it was like three catches for like 37 yards, but a touchdown, you know. But yeah, no. Are no, some of them were literally one-catch games because I remember seeing one of those games, it was a touchdown in, like, the first minute, and someone was all hyped, like, oh, yeah, Marquise Brown. I'm like, I bet you that's his only catch all game. And it was. It was, like, one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown. And that was his only catch, like, of the game. Oh, man. That whole Ravens offense was just 
a train wreck. I mean, Mark Andrews wasn't living up to his hype, you know. And there was really no true number two receiver behind Marquise Brown. I mean, Willie Sneed had his games, but he wasn't consistent enough. And, you know, so it's like it was. And then you had the whole running back, what do you call it, running back problems with you had Ingram, Dobbins, and Gus Edwards all mixing in there. And Lamar Jackson wasn't living up to number two quarterback potential. So that whole Ravens offense was just not one to own, at least, like Brian said, like the first, like, 10 weeks of the season. They sucked. They were horrible. They were just not that great, you know. But if you had a couple of, if you had Lamar on your team and like you were staying afloat with your other draft picks and you had Lamar on your team at the end, you probably took that next step and he might have won you some leagues at the end because he had a couple of huge games, huge games at the end, you know, with two rushing touchdowns and like 90 yards, you know, which for a quarterback getting something like that is just money. Yep, and he was hurt at the beginning of the season, too. That made a difference. And DG Cuddy said Lamar was a big disappointment. Went uh, two in my league. Like, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I, I saw him go number two <coughs> in a league, but it was a league where you could start three QBs, and that was the only time I saw him go that high. Yeah, I took him in a two-quarterback league. I took him, like, six as the second quarterback there. Yeah. Or like fifth, fifth or sixth as the second quarterback there. Patrick Mahomes went one ahead. So he went high in your draft. He went really high in the in the draft. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right. So our next category here, we got tight end bust of the year. And I'm gonna read off these nominees. <clears throat> we got Zach Ertz. We got George Kittle. We got Rob Gronkowski, and we got Tyler Higby. So, Kittle, I mean, he wasn't a bust when he played, you know, and um, the votes are according. The votes are accordingly to that. And uh, Rob Gronkowski, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he should have been on this list because I think, I mean, I guess maybe some people had him overhyped. But uh, the votes are in, and DG Cuddy is right. He said Ertz for sure. And Ertz won the vote by 53%. And he was a unanimous uh, top five uh, tight end drafted. Um, I know I drafted him in a couple leagues, like right after, you know, the, um, like right after, uh, after the top four, like uh, Kelsey Kittle, Waller and Andrews. And Ertz was just that next guy and thought he might have a chip on his shoulder. Um, because he's in his contract year, and even when he played, he just wasn't that good. He had one good game, one decent. You no, know, I didn't even think he was the best tight end on his own team. You know what I mean? So that's that's what I was like thinking when I saw this, and I was like, ah, you know, like I didn't think he was going to have the greatest year. I went personally with Higby because he was like one of those off-season darlings that, like, if you were on the Twitterverse, people were just saying like how he was just going to like explode this year. He was going to be like, you know, a league winner and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, okay, like I don't see it, you know. And, again, he I didn't even think he was necessarily the best tight end on his own team because I think Gerald Everett is pretty good, you know. But, again, he was like an offseason person who probably got drafted as like a top ten tight end. And he didn't perform like that. He had a couple good games, but he just seemed below average to me. Yeah, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, big disappointment. I mean – I wouldn't have taken Zach Ertz in the draft just because 
I think Dallas Guard is better than him too. But even if Dallas Guard isn't better than him, it's still there's that threat. You know, like if anything, they're going to split receptions. You know, I mean, you could always go two tight end sets, but it's just another big tight end threat on the team that I just didn't want to risk it. You know, and Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz didn't help that Carson Wentz was having a down year too because I don't know. I saw something like. Zach Ertz was like Carson Wentz's best man in his wedding. So like, that's why they had such a good connection. And when Carson Wentz goes down, that just automatically, automatically makes Zach Ertz go down. So poor quarterback play, great tight end on his roster as well. Just didn't bode well for Ertz, a good season at all. Yep. And uh, even with Goddard being there, I felt like their kind of offense, the way that they had really no weapons on the outside, that they could still support two tight ends. I mean, both of them kind of got hurt at different times. I'm sure that didn't help Carson Wentz either. But I don't know. Like, coming in, it didn't seem like Ertz was that bad of a pick, depending on where you could get him. And, yeah, ended up being a huge, huge bust. Huge bust. All right. Let's get into the next category here. We got a couple waiver wire awards here back-to-back. The first one is the QB waiver wire ad of the year so i'm gonna ask it now so every because there's a little bit of a delay uh for everybody throw it in the chat who is your qb waiver wire ad of the year and the nominees are justin herbert jalen hurts Taysom hill and baker mayfield and there is no surprise here it is Justin Herbert, 90% of the votes. So I think this was the largest margin of victory. Antonio already knows what's up in Herbert. DG Cuddy, Herbert, DG Cuddy, the herbs. <laughs> and there we go, DG Cuddy. That, he was my starting QB since week four. And Smokeabola Herbert, I know I might have to do a dab because my wife, oh no, she left the bong here. I just didn't even see it. She left it by my feet. There we go. So we are going to smoke a bowl of Herbert, who was uh, – it was coined by my man Brian here. He was the first one that said thank you, smoke thank you. Herbert. So I always got to give him the props every time we shout that out. <laughs> I appreciate that. That felt good to get a uh, to get a trademark. Funny, funny, uh, <laughs> funny name, you know. Packing bowls of Herbert over here. That shit was funny. I'll, I'll go with you. <laughs> there we go. Let's smoke a bowl of Herbert. And, and Hertz was good, Jono. Hertz was definitely good. I was someone who – so I play in a league where there's uh, there's literally no, uh, no, no waivers. You can pick up anybody, like, whenever, whenever you want. And, oh, man, and we got to smoke a big one for my man Antonio throwing the $10 super sticker in there. I can't see what the sticker is because I don't have YouTube open right now. And Antonio said, let's fly high, and that's how we roll, so let's do it. And um, but So I play in a league where we don't have waivers at all. I can pick up anybody, like, in the middle of the game if I want to. The game pretty much, like, started, like, right as the game started, they announced that Justin Herbert is going into the game. Like literally was not announced anywhere. Like before the game, like literally was the minute that the game started. I right. went and picked him up like that fucking second. Like when he became the starter, I, I couldn't play him because the game's literally already started. But in that very first game, 
I was so hyped on that video that I put out for Waiver Wire Week 3 when I had no followers on YouTube. <laughs> I just hope some people – I know some people saw that on Facebook, but shout out to Herbert because him balling out definitely made me uh, made me stand out a little bit more because I was so high on him, like literally from that week, that I was ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. He just had a phenomenal season. What did he throw? 30 touchdowns, something like that, or something rookie ridiculous? Record. 30 right. or 30's rookie record, though. That, right. That's all. Because I think the rookie record was 27 before. Baker Mayfield. It went, right. it was Manning, and then Baker Mayfield broke it by once. So I think he might have had 28, and then Herbert just broke it and 30 TDs in his first season. And I see Antonio right there. It's totally true. Once Herbert came in, the offense just took off, and the ability of the offense just took off. Um, and you just knew in that first game that he was never going to get his job back after he got the punctured lung. That sucks, dude, because he lost his job, and it wasn't even his fault, you know? Like, that trainer or whatever punctured his lung. Like, cost him, cost him his starting job. Right. Career, because you know he's never going to get a starting job again. You know, yeah. I yeah. totally think if you see that uh, somebody just posted, should Herbert have been drafted before Tua in the draft? I think yes. I think the Dolphins would probably be dope right now if they had Justin Herbert. If they had Herbert, they'd be in the playoffs right now. Right, because he is like a young Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got like the cannon of Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's. Better, obviously, you know. He doesn't throw the picks. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tua, he was just super hyped though, you know, coming out of Alabama. I mean, what he was he was project I mean, he could have went top two, top three, right? Like, I mean, they kept thinking that he was gonna go like right after Burrow. I mean, the hype was real. Like that the hype was real. <laughs> DG Cuddy said Tyrod every year gets screwed. I know, got screwed the year before uh, with Baker, or maybe that was two years before. At this point, I can't even remember. And you know, is it is it that he gets screwed, or is that he's like, you know, he can only take you so far? You know, like again, Tyrod's probably never going to lose you the game, but he's never going to throw win you the game. You know, and and I used to be a big, I was a big Tyrod guy for a long time, but I, I just don't know if he, he's just, I don't know. He's just never going to be able to get you over the hump. I'm selling on Tua, by the way. I, I'm not a big Tua guy. Like I can't throw in my opinion. I don't know. To be fair with Tyrod, he did get hurt in like game two of, uh, of that year. So he didn't even really have a chance. Like same thing here, like game two. I mean, it is what it is. Like some people have good luck with that kind of stuff. And some people don't, he just, he had injuries at the wrong time, the wrong time. And DG Cuddy said the Finns are still a good team. They don't need Tua to throw it for 300 yards. Like, that's how good they are. Like, they just lost a couple crucial games that cost them in a, a really heavy AFC. All right. Let's get into our next uh, category here. So now we have the best uh, – we have the award for the skill position waiver wire ad – of the year and to be nominated on this list you had to be drafted in less than 40 percent of leagues so guys who were really not drafted you know at all number one on the list we got james robinson 
Number two, we got Chase Claypool. Justin Jefferson, he is on the list as well. And then Mike Davis. I mean, outside of Chase Claypool, I mean, everybody was pretty consistent from when you picked them up. Um, let's see. Antonio says Robinson. DG Cuddy says 100% Robinson. And you guys already know, with uh, 70% on the vote here, James Robinson, someone who was not drafted in a lot of leagues. If you drafted early in August and you somehow dra- uh, swooped him up, you know, in August as a waiver wire ad, you're, you're just loving it. It made your season that much better. And I draft right in the beginning or right at the end of off season. So like right before the season starts and like, he probably went in like the last like couple of rounds. I don't even know if he went cause they were, people were drafting Devin Ozigo or whatever, you know, before him. And um, who's the risk. They have the receiving back there too. Right. Um, he was in Washington for all those years. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but yeah, there was multiple guys. You know uh, what I'm talking about, right? They were like even saying like he was going to be the guy in Jacksonville because he could catch passes. And there was Dare. Yeah. Um, and then um, Chris something maybe. I don't know. Um, but he came down with from Washington with their offensive coordinator, Jay Gruden and stuff like that. So um, Chris Clay Thompson, I don't know, something like that. Um, oh, Chris Thompson. There you go. That's Chris who, Thompson. That's who. Right. Is. Chris Thompson was on the squad. They were saying that he might be like, you know, after he uh, Lenny Fournette got cut. So James Robinson was just a badass. And especially if you drafted early, Leonard Fournette was getting drafted, you know, in your fantasy draft in what fourth, fifth round, something like that. And then, they, the and then things change. Right. Oh man, yeah. Um, you know, you would have been happy with Mike Davis. He was he dominated a lot of a lot of weeks, and then Justin Jefferson. You were obviously going to be happy with him, um, but it, to me, it's clearly uh, James Rob uh, James Robinson. He's clearly the waiver wire guy of the year. One hundred. All right, next category we got here: comeback player of the year. And you didn't have, this is for fantasy. So it didn't necessarily have to be because of an injury. And Brian, why don't you go ahead and read the nominees? The nominees are Aaron Rodgers, Brandon cooks, Alex Smith and Corey Davis. All right. And then, you know, we see where obviously, even though you said it doesn't have to be fantasy related, we could see that um, the winner is Alex for 67%. And that's because of the leg injury. Um, you know, you're going to give it to him every time. Who would you guys think is like the biggest um, comeback player of the year fantasy-wise out of the other three? Go ahead, for- Man, uh, My nominee was Brandon Cooks. I I know he was – was it last year? He Was he with the Rams last year or no? Right, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so the Rams last year and he – they had Cup and Woods, so he kind of became that third guy. He wasn't getting a lot of run. I mean, and then as soon as Bill O'Brien gets fired, you know, he turns it on in Houston. I mean, those first three or four games, he was doing little to nothing because I drafted Cooks. I was a Cooks owner, you know, and I was about to dra- drop him. And luckily he uh, he broke out of his slump, just needed a little, little Bill O'Brien firing to do him good, and he was ready to go, you know. I mean, I'm not sure how much drafted he was in a lot of other leagues, but – 
he was going to be a number two receiver behind Will Fuller, but I definitely think that he bounced back in a big way for sure. And he ended just on fire the last second half of the season. Like you said, it was just ridiculous. I don't even know. He probably got like one or two touchdowns in the first eight, nine weeks, and then he probably scored like five or six in the last five or six games. So um, there was a couple games that he just went off, um, Brandon Cooks. I can't remember exactly which games, but scoring like 60-yard bombs on the first play of the game and stuff like that. I personally went with Corey Davis. He's just kind of been like a, a playoff, a, a, a bust kind of, first-round bust. Um, didn't didn't do great, didn't do great. And then this year he was just a great wide receiver. You pretty much started – if you had him on your team, he was pretty much starting all the time as like a decent middle to high end wide receiver too. Yep, good story with him, and that just shows like how bad Mariota was when he was there. Because yeah, Corey Davis, he was like like Devonte Parker was last year. I mean, Devonte Parker was like left for dead. You know, nobody wanted him at all, and um, yeah, that was. Uh, Corey Davis this year for sure. I went with Aaron Rodgers because last year Aaron Rodgers was extremely hyped, you know, from the year before when he balled out. And the reason why he was drafted so low this year is because everybody was out on him. You draft a backup QB, you draft a backup running back, like you get him no weapons or anything like that. And what does he do? He gets that chip on his shoulder again, and he just goes and has an MVP caliber season. So that's why I nominated Aaron Rodgers for the award. Now, Aaron Rodgers was getting draft. I think he was ranked 11 or 12 in uh, quarterbacks in the pre-draft rankings. Like guys like Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees were getting drafted before him. You know, and those guys are older than him. Like if anybody's like need to be closer to retirement or is worn out, it's those two guys. And those guys were getting drafted before him just because all the things you said. So that's a good bounce back candidate, a Rod. It just shows goes to show that like how much like people's how much like the media and stuff like that will sway the opinion in the fantasy world. Like, you know, the draft happens. People are like, well, they're not going to do as good. They're like planning for the future. They're not planning for now. And he just like comes and just just freaking destroys. And then that was like a huge offseason one. That's like the big thing about some of these guys who you choose and who you like. It's like, man, don't believe the hype all the time, you know, because. Off-season darlings like Marquise Brown, Tyler Higby, you know they'll hurt you, and and something like that. We like underestimating Aaron Rodgers, putting him twelfth, like tenth, you know, even ten to twelve. That's ridiculous, you know. Um, and I know he didn't play great last year, like fantasy-wise, but the disrespect is ridiculous. Yeah, how many how many people drafted Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers? You know, like that was like something that for sure happened in a really large a lot of for sure. All right, so next award here we got the Rookie of the Year award. This is an amazing list. We got Justin Herbert, we got James Robinson, we got Antonio Gibson, we got Justin Jefferson. Who does everybody? Throw it in the chat. Let's throw it in the chat. Who does everybody think? I mean, these are – if you had any one of these guys on your squad, you know, you loved it. And, there, I mean, Gibson was the only one who was, like, unanimously, like, drafted in a bunch of leagues out of all four of these guys. Correct. And the winner is, with a 43% share of the vote, Justin Herbert. It's got to be. It's got to be. That is the way that everybody is voting. DG Cuddy said it. 
Antonio said it, and it's unanimous. I mean, he had pretty much the best year that a rookie quarterback has ever had in the NFL. You know, and then in this category, we still have Justin Jefferson, who has the most yards ever by a rookie wide receiver. So two of like the greatest rookie seasons ever from skill player positions was 2020. That's uh, that's going to go down as a good draft class probably in the end. Just you know, on those two guys alone, um, that's pretty good. And the person who nominated Gibson isn't here. But Gibson, I mean, he was drafted in – I drafted him in the sixth round of a 12-man, in the ninth round of a 10-man league. Like I, someone who you got very, very late like in drafts and was solid RB2, you know. I mean, maybe the first three weeks weren't that good, but once he got a couple games under his belt, like he was money in the bank. Yeah, I got Gibson in round eight of a 14-man, so – and, I mean, I'm biased towards Gibson just because my two running backs were McCaffrey and Fournette. And Fournette was injured for the first couple weeks, and he was not doing so well. He was playing behind uh, Rojo, and then McCaffrey went down. So Gibson was my only running back, and he was kind of just carrying the running back load for me. So I would just that's I think Herbert deserved it, but I'm just biased towards Gibson because he, he basically was a big part of my team making the playoffs. So. I love me some Antonio Gibson and next year he's going to do amazing too, just because like we mentioned earlier, like he definitely earned the running back job by everybody. Cause I mean, I think Peyton Barber like started out as the starter to start the season and Gibson won that job. So I think next year, you know, Redskins are going to not Redskins, Washington football team, whatever, but they'll be, they'll be better next year. Hopefully they get a quarterback that's better than Dwayne Haskins. So that's Gibson next year. And Washington, James Alex Smith. <laughs> Gibson, uh, they got rid of Adrian Peterson to get to make Gibson the guy, and Adrian Peterson got signed and started for the Lions with no preseason, like one week of practice, and so. That's yeah, what that. Why didn't the Lions just start Swift to start the year, man? I mean, Swift could have easily been on this list too. I mean, he didn't really. He had some injuries and stuff like that too, but the. The Lions just didn't give Swift enough of the enough playing time to start the year. You know, it was too little, too late type deal. Well, I believe those people who made that decision are no longer making decisions for the franchise. <laughs> so, um, you know, that might answer your question. Nobody, it's a bad decision. It was just a bad decision. That's for sure. And Antonio said, "Yep, Gibson going to be good on the what the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Nice. All right. We got two more awards here. We are starting it off with the playoff MVP since that was only uh, three weeks of the season, weeks 14 through 16. And, Corey, why don't you go ahead and read off those nominees. Throw it in the chat here, guys. Who should the playoff MVP be? And let's get ready to smoke some bowls of Herbert. All right. So we got Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and David Montgomery. And the winner is Alvin Kamara. Well deserved. His like week sixteen performance, like above anything, like right. You know, and again, that's probably going to be in a lot of people's minds for, you know, like the MVPs and stuff like that. Because when you just finish with a bang, with six touchdowns to put you over twenty for the season, it's like very impressive. You're gonna get drafted first overall. <laughs> 
in like so many leagues. Like it's, it's going to happen. And a lot of it's going to be because of week 16. <laughs> right. All right. And our big one of the year. Here we go. Regular season, most valuable player. Throw it in the chat, guys. Who is going to be the regular season most valuable player? Throw it in the chat now. And, Brian, why don't you kick those nominees? All right. And the nominees for the season MVP are Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Travis Kelsey, and Derrick Henry. All right. Anyone, anyone got any guesses? And the winner is Travis Kelsey with 52% of the vote. Um, he had an incredible year for a tight end. Again, uh, 1,416 1, yards, 11 touchdowns for a tight end. Um, again, I think somebody's at what, uh, running back four and wide receiver three or something like that is what he finished. Yeah. So he, he dominated. He gave you that advantage in the tight end position that – um, there is no other advantage like it. If you had a good draft and had Kelsey on your team and you drafted like two or three other good players besides that, um, you, you won probably. You won a lot of a lot of championships. What up, Iggy? What's good, bro? Yep. Kelsey, it, he was – not saying it was an unfair advantage. You had to draft him. You know, you had to spend the the second round pick on him in most leagues, and I know a lot of people think that that's a foreign concept, but he gave you not just an advantage at the tight end position, which that was super clear. He gave your team, your fantasy team, such an advantage every single week, no matter what, that he definitely deserved this award. There was no, there was no player who made a bigger impact for where you drafted him. Than, uh, than Kelsey, that's for sure. Mid-second round, sometimes third round. Like, it just depends on how how your tight end scoring worked. Man, in my league, Kittle went before Kelsey. So the fact that he was able to just outperform any tight end in that category, I mean, I know Kittle got injured, so there wasn't really a huge challenge for him in the points category for tight ends. But, man, Kelsey, Kelsey earned that reward just because – if you just go off of like matchups where it's like my tight end is better than this tight end, and then if you're going off of who you're playing, like Kittle just gave you such a big advantage that there was never, unless your team was just complete garbage, that there there was never a time where you felt like you didn't have a chance to win the week, especially with the Mahomes Kelsey stack or something ridiculous like that. Right. If you had like a top running back, you took like Devontae Adams in the first round and then Travis Kelsey in the second round. You know, you probably won a lot of leagues or you took like a, a Nick Chubb like late in the first and then you came back down and grabbed a Kelsey or I don't know, I don't know, some other great combo of like a top running back or a top wide receiver. So if you nailed the first pick, your first round, then you hit Kelsey on the way back down, you dominated that that league probably. That's for sure. And I'm going to read off something here. Here's Darren Waller's weekly stats on uh, just from yardage. Starting off at week one, 45, 105, 9, 88, 48, 50, 27, 22, 37, 88, 23, 200, 75, 150, and 112. 
So Darren Waller balled at the end, but let's let's hear Kelsey's on a week to week basis. Oh, it's ridiculous. 50, 90, 87, 70, 108, 65, 31, 109, 159, 127, 82, 136, 136, 68, and 98. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What's that level, that eight game stretch where he got over a hundred like almost every time except for one or two times? Yeah. Just yeah. I just counted those. So Waller had six games over 80 yards. Kelsey had 10 games over 80 yards. That's my and you know, Waller was clearly the second best tight end on the season. And it just goes to show the disparity in the number one and the and the number two tight end. Um and again, I bet- go ahead. I bet the number three tight end didn't have – maybe didn't even have 180. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's maybe only like a couple people who have gotten 80 yards out of a tight end even once, let alone that many times. Yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas was one of our nominees, so let's just put Thomas at number four. Like, no one was talking about Logan Thomas as like this amazing tight end, you know, like must start, you know, like anybody – on Huster's live streams, you'd just be like Logan Thomas or Jimmy Graham. And then anybody would say Jimmy Graham because he has a better chance of getting in the end zone. So like that number four spot is just so iffy. I think Hawkinson is kind of good at number three. But then at number four spot, it's just who's going to score the touchdown. And I bet Thomas was number four because he probably scored the most touchdowns. Uh, he got a lot of targets at the end, you know. Yeah. But like, yes, after like the fifth or sixth guy, it's like a wasteland, you know. And again, five and six are your TJ Hawkinson's, who's like five catches for 50 yards. You know, that's like a good tight end is five catches and 50 yards. Um, yeah, that no, that that's like a really, really good tight end. I looked at tight end stats all year and I hated it. It was so annoying. Most tight ends finished between 15 and 35 yards and two to four catches. Like that is the average uh, tight end that's even an above average tight end finishing with like 35 yards and four catches. Right. I see stuff where some leagues are now next year going to just get rid of the tight end position and just add an extra flex, you know, because it is making the game less fun when you have to stream in someone like Jimmy Graham or someone that's not that good at tight end. So something like that, you know, kind of like getting rid of the kicker position, getting rid of the tight end position. So it's yeah. becoming really the wasteland. I almost feel like I want to make the tight end like just uh, just a flex now because tight right. end is horrible. Yeah. Like you literally have two, and that's it. Um, and maybe you know, make again, it next year. You'll have you'll have three for sure. You'll have Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller, and then you'll have like the second tier of guys, which will be Hawkinson, Andrews. You know, I don't know. You know, and those guys, you know, so <laughs> getting five or six guys, seven guys, maybe, you know, Johnny Smith might be something eventually, you know, um, I don't know. We'll see. So Waller, I just checked. He had nine games with 50 yards or less. So just to put that into perspective, like Waller, the baller, like, yeah, for sure. When he went off, he went off, but that's how much of a wasteland that tight end is that Darren Waller had under 50 yards in nine games. I bet nobody would think that. Nobody no. would. No. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, so that is nuts. And uh, let's see what David say. Uh, and, uh, oh, I didn't even shout out Fantasy Football Wizard. What up? What up? And David said, uh, Kelsey had Mahomes give Waller Mahomes, and he would do the same. I mean, he, pro- he might. He probably would, but. He did it with Alex Smith, though, you know. So let's just, like, not say that, like, Kelsey's had only one good year. I, I think Waller's amazing, and he's a physical freak, you know. So, like, I don't hate David Hess's take, you know. I don't I don't hate that take at all. Um, and, again, playing with, like, the best quarterback around is going to give you an advantage, but, you know. But I uh, do think if Kelsey was on the Raiders, he would still put up Darren Waller's numbers. So just having Mahomes elevates Kelsey a little bit. So you just flip those guys. They're both great talents. You just flip them teams. They just have the opposite numbers. So Kelsey's still a top two tight end. He's just – not as good because he doesn't have Mahomes. And Waller is a good story. I mean, I like the story, you know, I mean, pretty much getting kicked out of football for, uh, you know, for doing drugs and a whole bunch of stuff. And um, they just randomly saw him at like a special team, uh, a freaking practice squad. Like he, he got signed off of a practice squad. Um, and yeah, it, it's crazy that he's doing this good, you know, a couple years later. And Antonio said, yeah, that sounds great. No tight end spot, just a flex spot. I'm actually thinking about incorporating that next year, turning the tight end spot into a flex spot, but turning it into tight end premium to where someone like Kelsey or Kittle, you would just, you, it would be that much, they would be that much more potent. But uh, nobody besides like the top couple guys would really get a sniff. Right. I honestly forget, but was tight end such a wasteland in years before? I mean, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's like this much of a wasteland, but like, was it ever such as bad as it was in previous years than this year? This year is like better than it was like five years ago. You know what I mean? Like five or six years ago, there were none, you know, um, Kelsey, it was like Rob Gronkowski. Um, Jimmy you know, Graham. Jimmy Greg Graham Olsen. had two or three good years, but there's always like two top guys. You know, like um, Julius Thomas had a couple good years. So like there was like a three year period where it was like Julius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, um, Rob Gronkowski, you know, so. Greg Olson was a beast. Yep. And I mean, it was like uh, Antonio Gates and uh, Tony Gonzalez, you know, but it was always like, it was like a couple guys like at the top. I mean, it's probably better now than it's been in a while because NFL is just more of a passing league than it's ever been, but athletes are just getting better. So like these wide receivers that are getting drafted and these running backs who are like turning into pass catching backs, like it, uh, it takes away from the traditional tight end. And a lot of these guys can't even block. Like a lot of these pass catchers, they can't block. So they don't even actually do like tight end things. Like Evan Ingram can't block. I know he was like a bum, but like, you know, Evan Ingram is like a starting tight end, you know, this year in fantasy and he's you know not good yep all right so we're gonna smoke one more bowl and then we are gonna get out of here so why don't we start with uh because i know brian's gonna smoke a bowl too so how about we start off with brian's closing words do do your closing first uh then we'll smoke and then we'll kick it to Corey. for sure uh, again i'm brian turner most of the time you can find me on the twitter 
um, doing all that kind of stuff, answering your questions, um, just kind of getting into the banter, putting in my two cents. Um, so Brian Turner, 1989, you could find me at, um, Brian Turner, the football guy. Um, that's, that's like my Twitter handle for football. So Brian Turner football guy is my Twitter handle. You can get me there. Um, that, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. That was, that was a good that rip. Yeah. Final thoughts, Corey. Well, um, honestly, it's great being on here. I appreciate the invite, Alex. It's been a long time coming. Hopefully I can come back here uh, again. This fantasy award show was awesome too. A lot of categories. So we had a lot of good topics to talk about for sure. Looking forward to next season, getting in some leagues with some guys in here and some some other stuff too. But yeah, you guys find me with that dot Corey two wise on Instagram. If you guys want to follow and then just for football stuff, like I'm inside the Facebook group, like Alex mentioned earlier, like I'm posting in there, not so much now just cause the football season's over, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting more acquainted with fantasy basketball stuff right now. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it, but if you guys just want my opinion, you always message me on Facebook, just Corey Hernandez, as you see on the screen here, but solid fantasy season and, uh, having on. Math Quest said, will the Bears work out a deal with Allen Robinson and Mitch Trubisky? I doubt it. Seems like they're going to go into, like, full rebuilding mode here pretty soon. I could see Robinson getting the tag. But Mitch is probably out of there. Probably. All right. Well, my closing closing thoughts. Fantasy prep does not stop for next year. I'm going to be coming out with at least one to two videos you know, per week uh, with fantasy stuff. Just going back and recapping the season because we look at end of season stats, but it doesn't tell the whole story. So I like to go in, dive into, you know, some of the top guys' stats and go into what may have happened on a week-to-week basis, things that we may have forgotten about. Um, a lot of things. I got the, my Hustler interviews coming up. I got uh, – we're going to be doing movie recaps uh, where I'm going to be bringing uh, people on. We're going to be talking about uh, some sports wow. movies some stoner movies that we all just watched and a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in the works. And so I'm going to throw my, my link in here for the website uh, on Patreon. Anybody wants to get in there right now, you can sign up for as little as a dollar. And if you sign up right now, you will get into the discord chat because that's where everything is really at right now. Everything is in the discord. We got a great community that we're building up. Uh, we're going to be starting some dynasty leagues here. Um, I, I believe the week of the pro bowl is uh, when we're going to try to uh, start one of our dynasty league drafts since we're not going to have much to do that week. So got a bunch of things coming FantasyFootballHustler.com. That's another way that you can find me. We'll see you guys later, Brian. Thanks for coming on brother. I appreciate, I really appreciate it. it. I had a great oh. time. Like always last few times have been a great time. Been awesome, bro. Corey, you are the man. Finally got you on here. It's been weeks coming. Excited to get you on here. Thank your girlfriend for letting you hang out for this long. Yeah, of course, guys. I'll be back next time, and I'll be in the Discord chat, too, chatting it up to everybody. There we go. And Antonio just shouting it out. Before we get out of here, the Discord is always lit. 24-7. We don't sleep. We don't sleep. It's 24-7 fantasy. All types of fantasy, too. We got fantasy football. Got fantasy basketball, gonna have fantasy baseball going in there soon. It is going down. Peace out, Antonio. I'll catch you in Discord. And peace out, everybody. We will see you later. Later.
Are you ready, Jim? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring. I'm the champ. I'm the genie of the lamp.